My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a WNR podcast with my friend, Dan Mike. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also, each month, the latest pay-per-views, and we are live, not only for the big four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise. Until we've watched everything, we're with you and we we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's the WNR 217, and it's WWE Backlash 1999. I think let's start with an alternate intro. Hang on, cowboy. Woody, are you alright? Yeah, Buzz, I'm fine. Here's your list of things you need to do when I'm gone. Batteries need to be changed. Toys at the bottom of the chest need to be rotated. Oh, and make sure everyone attends Mr. Spell's seminar on what to do if part of you or you is swallowed, okay? Okay, good? Okay. Woody, you haven't found your hat yet, have you? No, and Andy's leaving for cowboy camp any minute and I can't find it anywhere. Don't worry, Woody. In just a few hours, you'll be sitting around the campfire with Andy making delicious hot smoes. Uh, They're called s'mores, Buzz. Yes, yes, of course. Has anyone found Woody's hat yet? So that is Toy Story 2. And incredibly, that came out 20 years ago. But now on to the proper intro. In 1999, WCW and WWF were the two biggest wrestling companies in the world. And for the past couple of years, had traded the number one slot. But as the year started, it seemed WWF had a plan to continue its hugely successful Attitude Era, while WCW has seemingly lost the plot. Rather than focusing on younger talents like Booker T, Jericho, Benoit and the Super Over Goldberg, it instead pushed over the Hill stars Hogan, Piper and Flair and continued the NWO even though it had passed its peak. This year, the WNR podcast goes back 20 years and witnesses the WWE's rise and WCW's demise. WWE versus WCW, Monday Night War, April 1999. And it's a pay-per-view time, and WF Backlash Night 9 took place on Sunday, April 25th, at the Providence Civic Centre in Providence, Rhode Island, in front of 10,939 fans. It might seem that tonight's epic encounter is simply a battle between two uniquely divergent superstars. The WWF champion, unpredictable and defiant. The so-called people's champion, arrogant yet refined. Two distinct individuals whose only common bond is the mutual contempt they harbor for each other. But like life, nothing of consequence is ever black and white. Tonight is really about two athletes more similar than not. Two men blessed with charisma, youth, and an undying heart. Two supernovas burning brightest amidst an infinite galaxy of stars. Like two heirs to a single throne, two reverent knights courting the fair princess, they are two men deserving what only one can have. 
two fearless warriors of courage and distinction. Two men who have sacrificed their bodies and gutted their souls for the opportunity to glow ever so briefly in the fleeting light of fame. Tonight, only one man can walk away the victor. Only one man can raise the coveted grail. Two men, both worthy sovereigns, in a world that can be ruled by only one. James, did you know that this was the first annual Backlash pay-per-view event? Wow, and this pay-per-view event scored a big buy rate of 1.06. The WF was on top of the popularity from the spring to the summer of 1999. We've got Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler calling the event. And this was the first pay-per-view Owen Hart wrestled. Uh, this is the final pay-per-view Owen Hart wrestled in North America. Well, this was the final pay-per-view under the In Your House name. The first was Over the Edge 99, which did not get released due to the death of Owen Hart. So besides the Big Five, the first official non-in-your-house pay-per-view was fully loaded 1999. On heap full of pay-per-view, several matches took place. And Val Venus and Nikita Dilo Brown and Ivory at 1 minute 43 in a mixed tag match. Draws and Prince Albert defeated too much at 1 minute and 9. And Kane defeated the Big Boss Men at 2 minutes 45. And finally, Viscera defeated Test, Test, yeah, Test at 2 minutes and 9 seconds. So we've got the opening contest and it is the Ministry of Darkness, Bradshaw, Farouk and Midian versus the Brood, Gangrel, Edge and Christian in a six-man tag match. So before we get on to that, quick, I just want to talk about the opening primer because it's it just kind of it's perfectly set. You know, it tells a very basic story. You know, even the guy voice over saying it's about two gladiators who just want to be number one. And that's what makes the, the business so important. And I think the storyline as well is The Rock's fantastic, you know, and so is Austin. And they just want to find out who the best is. And that's what the video is all about. And that's what Backlash is all about. But like I said, talk about the opening contest. And this has got some storyline sense now after what we've seen on Raw recently, isn't it? You know? We have, yeah. You know, it's certainly built towards this pay per view. We've, uh, we've seen kind of the the split of the Ministry of Darkness with the Brood kind of, they had joined the MOD and now they would kind of left it. We've seen Christian getting flogged and then they was going to try and sacrifice Christian at the same time as sacrificing Ken Shamrock. But the Brood didn't like that and uh, Edge and Gangrel kind of helped to save their partner Christian. So we've kind of got this Ministry of Darkness versus the Brood matchup. Yeah, so let's hope we can, you know, maybe the Brood can move on from here now after turning face. Going to go against a formidable team in the Acolytes and, of course, Midian. Is that an eyeball in the middle of the ring? It looks like Midian has brought an eyeball out here. And Midian's starting down on his knees and so is Christian. And let's say the Brood are very dark, maybe not as dark as Ministry. I think that's what they realised. Look, man, we only drink blood and that's like fucked up what you're doing. <laughs> Sacrificing people and bringing uh, eyeballs to the ring. No doubt. But I mean, you talk about the talent this time, and you know, people say how great the attitude era is, and, and maybe the mid card and all that lot wasn't as stacked as it should be talent wise, but the story was there. With Midian, he's been repackaged, you know, maybe three or four times since uh, being part of the. The Godwins, part of them as tag team champions. And then last year was uh, Jeff Jarrett, that's J-E-F-F-J-A-W-T's bodyguard as well, 7th Southern Justice, now involved. It seems like Vincent Mann is uh, treating well the people that have stayed loyal, like Bradshaw, you know, talk about the amount of gimmick changes that he's had. And Farouk as well, used to be leader of the nation last year, now part of the Satanic Ministry. Yes, you know, it's quite interesting to see. We've got three future heavyweight champions, you know, going... 
in the next six years. I mean, like, you know, Bradshaw kind of hits his stride. When does he hit his stride? 2004 when he turns JBL. So that's five years. And then, you know, the, around the same time, Edge kind of hits his stride as well. And then Christian a few years after that. But it just shows you how long it does take. You know, you, you can't expect in, instant gratification like you do now with certain wrestlers back in the day. It did take, you know, six, seven years to develop something. Edge that's in now is nowhere near... Or isn't the person that he became, not even in the slightest at the moment, you know? Well, you know, as far as Edge concerned, like, you know, you've got him and Christian, they're going to come out and, you know, they're one of our top three tag teams. Uh, you know, it's hard to split them, Dudleys and the Hardys. So, you know, it's like they've they've still got a bit of progression to go. You know, they, they make a super hugely successful tag team. The tag team splits up. You know, you kind of get their offshoots from there. But I think it's the right way of bringing them in. You know, Gangrel's the kind of very attitude era. You know, you talk about pimps and porn stars. I think a vampire kind of settles into Gothic-y it. Gothic-y type. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And to bring, like, Edge and Christian into it that way, I think makes a little bit more sense as well. So, like, you know, they're getting screen time. They're getting the matches as well. So, young talent are, you know, being a part of the card. But, you know, looking at this, like, you know, a game that we used to play, it's who do you think would be a future heavyweight champion out of these six but guys yeah well you know this is the thing with Ed and Christian you probably weren't sure because they probably had the most potential you know Midian I think is lucky to be employed and I think the same could be said about the Acolytes a great tag team but you couldn't see any single success between the two and as for Gangrel like I said he wasn't even in the title level was he really no I mean, should he have had a little bit more? I think what we've seen of him doesn't really suggest much, does it? So basically our count is we can't see, you know, if we're looking at it from 1999 eyes, we can't see any of these going on to become heavyweight champions. No, no, I don't think so at the moment, you know, especially when you consider the kind of lack of success. The question would be asked even for someone like Triple H at this moment in time, could he become champion feasibly? Little to know what would happen later on in the year as well. So... I think that's why it's so interesting. It gives people the opportunity, as it's been mostly ministry in the early going. But Edge, who's been worked on, managing to hit a heel kick. Oh, oh finally gets a bit of one-upmanship on uh, Farouk there, after a bit of an assist from Christian, but just gets plant with a huge spinebuster and had a ministry takeover again. And let's not forget Farouk, former uh, WCW heavyweight champion as well. So he's been there and done that. He's obviously the veteran on this team. So would you say, like, out of the six guys that Farouk's kind of on the downward peak of his career, whereas the others, you know, they've still got a whole future ahead of them? No, uh, I think that's, you know, where Farouk's been where he's a leader and he got pushed out by The Rock. And they don't even really mention that since he's kind of just gone into his tag team. It fits quite well for him as well. So I think that's why it's kind of being forgotten. Like you said, he is non kind of the downward way. Well, this is kind of more of what he's remembered for, you know, being part of APA as opposed to being the leader of the nation, yeah. I think. I, I think without doubt, and I think a lot of people forget him when he dressed up as Black Spartacus as well, in 96, he had a big blue helmet on. So he's managed to kind of escape a lot of things in his career. Now he's kind of, like you said, best known as the guy that shows up and basically just got one word. Bam! Isn't it? Yeah. But, you know, we, we can't discount... Uh, Teddy Long as well, you know, he goes on to become a general manager. Yeah. Well, I would say at this point, right, I know people talk about the attitude here, I think every single referee involved deserves to be in the Hall of Fame as well when you think about Teddy Long, Earl Hebner, yeah, you could argue, Mike Keoda, even Jimmy Cordero's, I think, played a part. Tim White. Timmy, let's not forget him. 
But, you know, as, as we go on nowadays, you know, referees aren't really, they're kind of nameless. Exactly, yeah. People, you know, obviously they get a bit of a mention, but, you know, they're, they're not as involved in storylines as they was nowadays. And Bradshaw and Ministry just having his way. It looked like Gary Graham Christian was trying to fight, but at this moment in time, the Ministry just too strong. And, of course, Yantaker being satanic as ever, he's going to face Ken Shamrock later tonight out to do a job. And headbutt by fruit and going for the cover, but Edge managing to kick out. Ah. Well, what, Midian gets some heat here, going totally sucks. And Edge with an inside cradle roll up on Farouk, but Farouk managing to kick out. Ah. And then runs through Edge with a huge clothesline. I've seen this pay-per-view dozens of times, and I still don't know if I like it or not. So I'm going to judge it just clearly here. There's a, there's a couple of matches I feel go maybe a little bit too long, but I might I might be wrong. <laughs> How long's this pay-per-view? Two hours, 40 minutes. And there's eight matches on the card. Mm. I think it's all... But, you know, looking through it, you've got no X-Pac and Kane. You have got X-Pac. Mm. I mean, as a tag team. Yeah, I was Smart ass. <laughs> Fruit's got a sleeper and edge with a jawbreaker. But Fruit managing to tag in Midian. I think Midian's awful. He is terrible. A double-act smash. Just doesn't look like a wrestler, you know? You talk about... Or someone being too small, or whatever it is. Just, I mean, that's what I'd look like if I put on that. I, I could dress up easily as Midian. But he, I don't know, he just doesn't look like he's got any talent whatsoever as well. I know they've tried and tried and tried, like, you know, repackaged him a few times, but... Well, we've still got naked Midian to look forward to. Oh, joy. <laughs> so, we have still got that. As Midian's going to go low blow, oh. And, uh... Gangrel's sensing this, so he comes in to kind of uh, put a halt to it, thus distracting the referee. And look, even his cover looks stupid. Well, Edge managing to kick out. Ah. Well, Midian is... <laughs> oh, the other six, uh, five guys, I think they're... You know, they've got... Oh, I, I wouldn't want to see a Gangrel-Midian match. Nah. No, we're not. <laughs> but, you know, Gangrel can kind of hold his own. Yeah. It's, and, you know, and the Acolytes, I think, you know, they are what they what it says on the tin, basically. You know, they are, well, from there, so the APA, you know, the Acolyte yeah. Protection Agency. And I'm not sure they kind of fit in this Ministry of Darkness. Well, it's like I said, the, the weird guys. And let's, let's think about it originally, Untaker kind of brainwashing these guys as well, wasn't it? That's what happened with Midian when he was locked up in chains and the same with Bradshaw and Farouk. So you've got to wonder how long that power will last, you know, especially with the Undertaker being the way he is. If there's a higher power, you can only feel the Undertaker is going to get even more powerful as he goes along. Oh, as Edge springs off the second rope into a spear on Midian. Can't quite capitalise on it yet, though. But he's finally got some separation after a few minutes. Edge got a far away look in his eyes. Christian and Gangrel both desperate for a tag in. He finally gets his hand across to his brother Christian. He comes in and just starts wailing away at Midian. Midian reverses the Irish whip, but Christian catches him. Bang, plants him with an inverted DDT. Two. No, kick out. Oh. Uh-huh. Now Gangrel in to help double team. Oh, double back body drop. And they turn their attentions to Bradshaw on his way in. Now Christian taking out Midian and all six men are in. And a bit of poetry in motion there between Edge and Christian. And uh, Gangrel and Christian... We're taking out Midian and Bradshaw, and now it's Christian with Bradshaw in the ring, going for reverse DD, uh, going for the swinging DDT. And now Farouk, Gangrel, Edge, and Midian all fighting on the outside. Leaving Christian and Bradshaw in the ring, and Christian's 
Kind of got the upper hand on Bradshaw. Ten punches of the Balor in the corner. But Bradshaw walks out and just plants him with a powerbomb. Is that Viscera at ringside? And now Midian and Gangrel fighting off. Edge back in with a drop kick. Christian with a roll up. Oh, but Bradshaw managing to kick out. Oh. Farouk comes in. He gets caught with a drop kick from Edge. And Christian leaping over the top rope to take him out. But gets caught. Edge with a baseball slide. Takes down Farouk. And now here comes Viscera. And he's just squashed Christian on the apron. You're right. It was Viscera. Throws him into Bradshaw. From hell. Go for the cover. One, two, three. No, Edge can't stop that. And thanks to Viscera, the Ministry win the first match. Stan, what are your thoughts? I don't think it was a terrible opening bout, to be honest. You know, uh, obviously the numbers game coming to advantage. I think Midian was relatively quiet in this match, which is obviously a good thing. Um, it's kind of starting to show off what Edge and Christian can do together in the ring as well. So, you know, you're seeing hints of Capable of and Viscerous. He's got some funky-ass teeth. He has. He's, uh, he means business here tonight, but that's the opening contest. And uh, Let's just run through the rest of the card. So up next, we've got the hardcore title match, which is uh, Hardcore Holly versus Al Snow. With head. With head, sorry. Uh, we've got the Godfather, who's champion. Against Goldust with the Blue Meanie for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. And then you've got Jeff Jarrett, that's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T, and Owen Hart versus the Outlaws to determine normal contendership for the tag team titles. We've got Mankind versus The Big Show in a boiler room brawl. You've got Triple H versus X-Puck. We've got The Undertaker versus Ken Shamrock. In our main event, we've just seen The Rock just walking in right now, dragging that smoking skull belt across the floor, and he's going to go against Stone Cold Steve Austin for the WF title. In a no holds barred match, but Shane McMahon will be special guest referee. So it's really interesting that match. We move on to the hardcore title. And let's not forget this feud. Two months ago in the Mississippi River, Dan, in the Mississippi River, Hardcore and Al Snow. And Al Snow's been protecting Hardcore Holly recently, making sure he gets through with his Hardcore title because Al Snow only wants to beat him. Again, we talked about it. It's a good story for the Hardcore title, isn't it? You know, It is, yes. Uh, you know, the way these two have kind of been building up for it, it's, it's made the title a little bit more important and the fans are super super into Al Snow and his kind of crazy... What does everybody want, Dan? Head. What does everybody need? Head. And what are we going to get right now? You're going to give me head. <laughs> we are... Head's coming out right now. And Al Snow... Dan, put your head away. Al Snow giving all the crowd head. So what are your thoughts on the hardcore division, Al Snow and Hargo Holly? Can you see any potential in these two guys, Dan? Talked about it in the last match. I can in Hardcore Holly, but he's kind of uh, put himself into a one-trick pony category. You know, he is only someone who can wrestling. And anything else, I don't think you'd be able to take him too seriously. Well, we're going to see if Hardcore Holly can have the career. He has been a former tag team champion with X-Park, or the 1-2-3 kid as it was. But now he's, like you said... Is it kind of? Is he dropped here? Has he found his gimmick again? Another man gone from Sparky Plug to Hardcore has been kept around and now has been involved in the division. At least they've got some characters. I don't mind the Hardcore Holly gimmick, but like I said, I don't know if he can go any further than this right now. Well, I think he's kind of accepting that he is never going to be main event material. I don't even think you know he he might be able to get a run with the IC title somewhere down the line, maybe even a, a fluke tag team title shot. But you know. Nothing too lofty heights. No, exactly. Well, he's just knocked Al Snow down to start this off. 
And Mike Chiodo weren't in position, but he does get a two. Two. And these two men could end up any night. Oh, and, uh, you know, with Al Snow, I think he's a trainer now, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's working with uh, OVW. Got the connection with uh, Impact Wrestling, whatever the fuck they're called nowadays. So he, he's still working. Of course, he, he's made famous by Mankind's jokes. But I think these two, bads are, these two guys are solid workers. But you can see how hard the shot was for Hardcore with Al Snow. Yeah, Al Snow's busted open already. And now Hardcore sending Al Snow into the stairs. Well, again, you know, with these two guys, you you know they're never going to make main event level. You know, the highest they can hope for is, as I said, tag team or intercontinental mm. limits. You know, maybe pushing at that. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? You know, but they at least they've got something to do here. And, um, you know, like I said, it's a story definitely told. There's Al Snow, uh, there's Hardcore Holly looking under the ring. Gets a big jug of water out. Not the NXT UK champion, Dan. Oh, not that Walter, no. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I'll just... But use that as a weapon, now Snow will be out for days. <laughs> that chop, yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. They've made their way over barricade and into the crowd, where Snow's kind of turned it round. Yeah, he's he's bleeding, but he doesn't care. So his um, head kind of like the Undertaker's urn. It's <laughs> like the source of Al Snow's power. Well, yeah, I think we've seen that, you know, how uh, close him and Al... I've talked about head as it's a person. How close they are and their relationship. And, yeah, I think brings a lot of inspiration. Inspiration. And now they're back over the barricade. And now Snow, the right hands are now... That was his left hand. <laughs> <laughs> Al Snow with shots to Harker Holly... Then slams him onto those mats. And Dan, how thin are those mats? Those mats are wafer thin over pure concrete. And then Al Snow leaps up onto Barry Cade, hits a lovely somersault or a. Uh, moonsault. Moonsault. <laughs> fucking correct me, James. You do this all the fucking time. I strive for perfection, Dan. I only fucked up just so I could give you a little reprieval. <laughs> yeah, that was a beautiful moonsault there by Al Snow, but couldn't get the job done. And now he's looking underneath the ring. And they've got a heat. Apron cover. <laughs> yeah. They've got a Rory's War, and they've got a fucking backlash run. Uh oh, and now back in the ring, and and Al Snow's got the hockey. Seems I couldn't give a puck. No, obviously those things are difficult to break. Oh my god, and he's been trained by in, Steve Blackman in the martial arts. Whacking it over the back of Hardcore Holly, and this is what you call beating the crap out of someone with a hockey stick. And now Al Snow goes out, lifts the three ring aprons, and he's got. A baking tray and a couple of frying pans and a table. And the crowd go, the crowd pop for it, and it's a <laughs> it's a pretty uh, stiff table. Well, it is as well, yeah. Well, you can't say that's uh, a gimmick one. That's especially reinforced. This up in the corner, Holly's got the hockey stick, whacks Al Snow over the back with it as he's trying to set up the table. And the table set up, and Al Snow getting out of harm's way. And he's gone out of the. Uh, Frying pan into the fire. Hits Holly over the head with a baking tray. Why do they keep frying pans under the ring? Maybe if this ever gets hungry during a match or something. You know what I mean? A big show's kind of like, hey, I want some cookies. I want a pie. And now these two men are fighting down the entranceway. Snow delivers. Oh, looking to deliver a suplex to hardcore Holly, but Holly's blocking it. Reverses momentum and hits our Snow with a suplex. Well, that whole... uh, on that cold, hard concrete. Goes for the cover, but also managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And they're going to the back, and the crowd booing, because they can't see it at the moment, but the camera is trying to follow them. 
Snow looking to bounce Ollie's head off of uh, this kind of uh, travelling case. Imagine to block it and then uh, hard course and now Snow, right where the police officers are. And he's got everything and the bathroom sink. Oh, the dreaded water. He got him. He got him with the water. Well, he hosed him down there. Is that Sergeant S. Laughter? And I don't think it's going to bring hardcore to life. And now, safety helmet. I think you need this. No, Holly blocks it. Throws him into the side of an automobile. <laughs> hardcore into the side of the car. Setting off the alarm. And these two men just going back in between the cars. And hardcore they're sent into... Looks like, I don't know, barricade. A blue, a blue water barrier. Now Snow's trying to clean up as he snaps a mop over the back of Hardcore Holly. Head first into the side of a truck. They're going out by the trash cans. Oh, now Snow now's got an idea for Hardcore. Oh, oh. as Holly pushes him into a dumpster. And I think he's going to leave him there. Oh, follows him in. Oh. Goes for a cover, but only a two count. Two. <clears throat> the bin splits and there's shit everywhere at the moment. And Al Snow now going to get thrown off. Oh, my God. He, at least, he must have fallen at least a metre. At least two foot. And these two men are just beating the crap out of each other. And now Al Snow fighting back with big right hands. And they're going up the production truck now. This is where all the editing takes place. And these two men fighting inside the truck. Make sure you don't send the paper you off the air. <laughs> As, oh! Hip toss onto the roof of a car. Oh, Snow follows out with an elbow drop. Two. No. Holly managing to kick out. Oh. Uh, well, someone's going to come. Howard Finkel's going to get to his car later and realise what they've done to it. Oh, Al Snow there with a kick, trying to put the window through. And now they're coming back to the entrance. Well, Hardcore's going to take a stand. Bounces it across the back of Al Snow. Holly sends Al Snow head for kind of like a metal ramp. Goes for a cover, but only a two count. Two. And these two men, I think, are intent on killing each other here tonight. Well, this certainly is a hardcore bout. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. And palm strikes by Al Snow. Is it making the way back through the curtain? And the fans cheer because they can finally see the action. Hardcore Holly bringing Al Snow in, but managing to block it off quickly. Al Snow's got a frying pan and a skillet. Holly but. sees it coming. Oh. oh! But Snow hits Holly over the head with one. Well, I think if Al Snow could get the cover, that may be it. Well, Snow was going to go for the cover, but decided against it. Looks up, sees that table. Says, look, table's there, I've got to use it. Could he have got the victory and retained his title? I think he might have done, and Al Snow... Snow won the title of Hardcore Holly, isn't it? Yeah, I think Al Snow could have become new champion there. And he's going to put Hark on the table. Maybe just it's got so personal, he wants to put an exclamation point on it. Finish him off for good. Well, he's taking a bit too much time getting up there. Uh, Holly's back to his feet. Oh! Hits Snow over the head with a frying pan. I think Al Snow may be knocked out here on the top. Well, looking face to face with head. Oh my God, it's going to be awful impact for Hardcore Holly as well. Table positions. Look him up for a superplex. Can he get him up? Oh, no. Trying to go all the way up. Oh! 
all the way down for the hard table. It does break. <laughs> Looks like they've both been ejected from a vehicle. Or a free counting, but it is hardcore. Both men folded up like an accordion. And now Hardcore's got the shoulder over. Oh! No, but Snow kicks out. Oh. These two men in a crumpled mess. And you can hear the head chants. Can she be the difference? That's like the Undertaker travelling towards his own. Al Snow travelling towards his head. And Al Snow's got head as Hardcore slowly make it to his feet. Is Al Snow going to head? Yes. One, two, three. And Al Snow's become your new hardcore champion. Hasn't head, because head got the pin. Well, head's getting his uh, arm lifted. I think it was head and Al Snow. There might be a story to come with that. But at the moment, after that hardcore match... Now, I don't know a hardcore match that's got that, gone that long in WF history. These guys got given a lot of time. Especially when it comes to kind of mid-carders like that anyway. I still think the action was quite good. And like I said, it wasn't like a traditional hardcore match as we know it now. With like trash cans and all that. Not even though it was kind of the original bits of that. With a table involved. But it felt a little bit more kind of hardcore in the style, didn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but again, you know, both these guys, they are solid workers at what they do. They may not be at the top of their game, but they, they, you know, they do what they do well. And I think that's what makes for the, you know, for the better story. You can tell it was a personal match, especially all the build-up going towards it as well. Yeah. I thought it was just a very entertaining and fun match. Yeah, I think without a doubt, you know, and I think that's what, uh, it's a good thing to have because it's different to anything else we're going to see here tonight, possibly apart from the main event, because that's, of course, barred. We saw Stone Cold Steve Austin arriving, ready for action. But up next, it's the Intercontinental title on the line. It's Goldust versus Godfather. But we're getting the Undertaker in the back talking to his ministry. Well, he must be on cloud nine, seeing as though his guys have got the uh, victory over the brood earlier. Well, the Undertaker says he can look towards the future now. The higher power eventually coming here and the tragedy begins. And what does he mean by that, Dan? Is it symbolic? It is definitely bollock. I don't know what could possibly happen, but it could have a title. How did we get to this moment in time, Dan? It was uh, these, these two guys had a match and it kind of went to a double disqualification or double count out, as it were. And then it was Big Bossman's opportunity to try and take the title off of Gold Dust. But he um, he was offered a few hoes uh, from the Godfather to take his place in the match. And uh, Godfather subsequently won said match and achieved his uh, Intercontinental Championship. So the Godfather here is looking to defend against a former champion. Can he put Goldust in his rear view? On Raw, last episode, where was Meany? Well, he is back in action now with Goldust by his side, hoping that his mummy can get the victory here tonight. We talked about Goldust a lot and the Blue Meany, but with Godfather, where do you think he sits in... um, Do you think he's a Hall of Famer, Dan? Where do you think his potential could have lied? Again, Godfather, I think he was one of these guys that was... Another solid mid-card. I don't think he'd ever get an opportunity. I mean, Blue Meanie's just given his best Sable impersonation. Am I ready for the grind? Yes, I am, Meanie. Oh, wow. Meanie is one sexy bitch. I'm sorry, but I have to say that. 
The Godfather coming out here, but I don't think the hoes are going to equal what we just saw then. I can see JBLY wanted to punch the fuck out of him. <laughs> well, here's Godfather coming out, but there's no hoes. And the crowd are definitely booing. The fans came here to see hoes. Oh, he's calling them out. Well, damn, pimping ain't easy. It isn't. It isn't. Well, we see the beautiful woman out here now. That one in the light-coloured dress has got tig old biddies. Uh, Dan's going to be distracted for the rest of this match. Puppies! As the hoes are coming out here. Well, how can you be respectful for someone called a hoe? <laughs> because that they're doing. Yes, and their job is to be disrespected. No, well, no, if, if you like pay for that, you're not paying that. Fucking hell. That's worth every fucking cent. Well. And you don't get many of them to the pound. We'll see what happens in this Intercontinental title match between Goldust and Godfather. But even though those hoes are there, I'm still a fan of Meanie over them. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm ready for the grind would, again. Would you, so if... Uh, Forget about Intercontinental title shots. I'll pick Blue Meanie <laughs> over five hoes any day. And Godfather getting jiggy. And Goldust looks to become four-time Intercontinental champion here tonight. But Godfather looking like he's just having fun. For everybody to get aboard the whole train. Pimpin' ain't easy. To shout for 420, spark up a doobie. Well, Godfather's not going to offer Goldust any hoes. Because his girls don't like his scrubs. And Godfather <laughs> just wants to have a laugh and Goldust is not happy about this. Godfather lining his hoes up at ringside. you got to have a good line, haven't you? If you're doing hose, you've got to have a good line. Yeah, you've got to have a little... And then, and then spark it up for 420 as well. Godfather is ready for action. This is long before the wilderness policy, so he's fine. Oh, yeah. Well, he's talking about weed and hose. Exactly. He steps over the top rope as well. We don't really see guys doing that, but Godfather's got a lot of uh, height on him. And Goldust... Straight off the bell. I don't want to get onto JR, really, but like Godfather must be about 6'8". Goldust 6'6". And he's two big men in there. High back body drop from the Godfather. Couple of clotheslines running through Goldust. And Goldust big enough, maybe he just wants hose. No, he just wants an opening. Oh, don't say that. Goldust now, I'm going to go after the fuck. <laughs> and I think Blue Meanie created that opening for him. All right, stop it. And oh, Goldust lowers his head. Godfather sends him into that mat. Looking for a clothesline. Goldust ducking it. Oh, but the Godfather sending Goldie to the outside. Well, Goldust has slipped out the ring and Meanie's going to check on him. Come on, James. What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, Meanie's just rubbing Goldust down at the moment, touching his head. He's touching his uh, golden-headed warrior. He is just head. What's wrong with that? I'm surprised Goldust paints it. It's a little bit black on top, but still. And Meanie wants to make sure Goldust is ready. And they say, no, fuck it. We're just going to get out of here. Even though it's uh, a shot at the title. And I think Meanie realises, well, Mummy's got to go get the belt. <clears throat> the fans chanting, we want hoes. And now Godfather going to go slam down gold, gold dust. Dropping that leg. I mean, WSW had Goldberg, but we've got gold dust. I mean, who would you rather have in that one, Dan, you know? Five hoes. Exactly, that's what you're talking about. And Godfather now. Yeah, but not only do we get gold dust, we get blue meanie. Yeah, I know. We get all the best colours. And... Meanie there causing distraction on the Godfather, tripping him and now working on him behind the referee's back. 
Why is Brian Heffron actually wearing knee pads when he doesn't actually wrestle, or is he just that fat that he needs it to support? He might need extra support. I cannot confirm or deny Brian Heffron. Again, I'm quite a fan of the hefty wrestlers, so I shan't be saying anything. Loads in glass houses and all that lot. Goldustin with Godfather. Going to Irish whip him. Oh, and Goldust certainly got the upper hand at the moment, thanks to help from his daughter, son. <laughs> it could be either. He's General Nutra, child. <clears throat> yeah, huge clothesline and just choking Godfather on that second rope. And mean again, choking out the Godfather. Goldust again, Irish whip reversed. Godfather looking for the back body drop, but Goldust dropping to the mat and hitting a huge punch to the jaw. And now Meanie's passed him some powder, and I can't confirm or deny that this is uh, private use stuff, but Goldust's got it in his hands now. Meanie's causing distraction. And here comes Goldust. Oh, no. Godfather hitting the hands, sending it back into Goldust's face, blinding him. Well, Jimmy Cordero's checking out, and Meanie's in now. He gets decked by his mummy. Well, Goldust can't see a thing. And Goldust has got Meanie in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just beating the crap out of him. Oh, is he going to deliver shattered dreams to Blue Meanie? Oh, Goldust doesn't realise. He thinks the crowd just get behind him. And is he going to deliver a golden shot? Yeah, I know. I'll just call it because he's Goldust, isn't it? Goldust wants the crowd to come along. Here you go. Shattered oh. dreams. Right in his tallywhacker. But Godfather. Super kick for Godfather. <laughs> oh, Blue Meanie looking to splash and break the cover up, but he hits his mummy's penis. Penis and balls would be there, yeah. Godfather now working on Meanie in the corner. Irish whips Blue Meanie into gold dust. Referee's not disqualified him because he finds it hilarious. Oh, train. Oh, <laughs> rumour has it. Rumour has it. That Godfather offered him some hose to look the other way on some <laughs> minor discretions. Hits the FU again. Well, the pimp drop for the one, two, three. Godfather gets the victory. He'll intercontinental champion. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? I thought it was quite fun and entertaining. Um, love the hose. Big fan of the hose. Hose, hose, hose. Hose. Well, I can see why people were upset the intercontinental championship wasn't kind of treated as a kind of title belt it was back in the day. You know, these kind of guys aren't on your level of, you know, your Shawn Michaels, your Razor Ramones, or anybody like that. But you can't take away the entertainment factor, especially with the the parody. We've seen it a hundred times before. And it went back to haunt uh, Goldust, but in quite a funny way, and especially taking out Lamini the way he did. Well, it's, you know, um, it's not exactly a kind of a match-up that, you know, you can't really take Goldust and the Godfather as entertainers and performers seriously whereas you know Michaels and Triple H they had their moments of comedy but you could also take them serious as in-ring competitors as well Uh, I think this is what we're seeing and it's nice that the pay-per-view has felt different you know like I said we had a hardcore title match uh, and now we've just had the intercontinental title match as well and up next if you can find out who the number one contendership is for the tag team titles but it's been quite entertaining so far look Al Snow in the back now he's propped up against the urinal well, Al Snow is going to say to Michael Cole, he knew he was going to beat Hardcore Holly, but it looks like Head's disagreeing with who the Hardcore Champion was. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Well, the Outlaws fine being, finally being used as a tag team after kind of going their separate ways. Is, is this where the Outlaws feature 
As a tag team, or do you like them more individually? Oh, most definitely as a tag team. I think uh, they work really well together. You've got um, the very talented, uh, badass Billy Gunn and Road Dog. Yeah, well, I like Road Dog. He's great on the microphone. He always gets the crowd into it. And of course, the last remnants of D-Generation X well along with X-Puck. But they could be facing X-Puck and Kane if they do indeed win this match. That would be very interesting. Well, that would be the last that Triple H wants. But the Outlaws back together again looking to become normal contenders. And finally, a tag team that's actually a tag team. Yeah. I know like Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart are theoretically a tag team, but they're more known as singles wrestlers. To, to the, the doggy house. The Outlaws always get their shears knit. Doggy style. <laughs> yeah. And look at Rodolph's got him in the palm of his hand. Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the generation X proudly brings to you its future WF Tag Team Champions of the World. Road Dog Jesse James, the badass Billy Gunn, the New Age Outlaws, and of course, we got two words for you. Well, I think the crowd's definitely behind the Outlaws. But there are some fans of Deborah, Owen Hart, and of course, Jeff Jack. That's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E, double D's. Double damn. Double damn, Jeff. Deborah's coming out here. Oh, my what word. What is she not wearing? Wow, she is ready. And Owen Hart's probably got the best seat in the house. Don't look, Owen, you're married. <laughs> <laughs> and Owen Hart is not looking. Yeah, credit to him. He probably had a good look backstage. Well, you can see a good look at her backstage right now as she comes out here. You can actually see what she had for breakfast. Well, former tag team champions mean business. I'd love to sniff that bottom rope. And Deborah letting Owen and Jeff in. and Is it a ploy from uh, Owen and Jeff Jarrett? Jesus. Are they um, a hope distraction? Well, I think it is. She's played a pivotal role in them becoming tag team champions and keeping it for the amount of time that they did. And, you know, they have great game plans. And I think maybe that's where it went out the window with Kane and X-Puck because you can't have a plan for a team that had just been thrown together. And I think with the Outlaws, they might be more successful. Sorry, what did you say? I was kind of taken away by Deborah. Little Debbie, show us your tasty cakes. What a lovely sign that is for an actual era. I think the fans want puppies. We've seen hoes and puppies. And Road Dog's got the mic. And Rodog wants to see the puppies. <laughs> and I think Deborah's only happy to oblige. Oh, Jeff Jack say no, come on, put them away. Yeah, that's it. Do up the top. That that's gonna stop everything. And Billy Gunn's getting the position. But Jeff Jack's stopping it. And Billy's gonna show him the ass. No, referee Tim White's stopping him from pulling down his <laughs> trunks. And I think double J and OH have seen enough. Oh, that's a shame. Irish Whip reversed by the New Age Outlaws and they knocked down Owen and Jeff. And now Timmy White's going to try to get control but Jeff Jarrett attacking Billy Gunn from behind. Owen Hart has got a hoe plastered across his back. <laughs> no, I think that's OH for his name. I think it's just a coincidence. Uh. And Owen Hart now sending Billy Gunn into that top turnbuckle. <clears throat> See, and I still can't for the life of me think why women aren't taken seriously in WWE at oh, this no, time. No. Well, you've got a huge nugget chance and an uppercut. Upper what? An Irish rip to Billy Gunn. 
Oh, and Billy Gunn jumping over Owen Hart, hitting a lovely drop kick. Gorilla press slam there. I mean, that's a high, high height for Owen to fall from. And now Billy Gunn telling Owen Hart to suck it, grab the arm, work on that as Deborah's looking on. Road Dog getting tagged in. Having a bit of a dance there before kicking Owen Hart. No, Road Dog going to work the arm, but you talk about Road Dog being a second generation star with the Armstrong family. Of course, Owen and the Hearts, and he shows a little bit of class there, getting out of that, hitting the net breaker. Taking in another second generation superstar, Jeff Jarrett. And Deborah's got two generations going on on her chest. Well, <laughs> net breaker by Jeff putting Road Dog down. I think there is just one cameraman that just stays focused on her ample bosom. Well, Jeff now doing a bit of strut, tell him to suck it. I wouldn't want to annoy the outlaws. As Road Dog sends Jarrett into the ropes, who goes between the legs and a bit of shake, rattle, and uh, right hand. Shake, rattle, and knee drop. And as he hits that, the big, we want puppies chant. Road Dog only gets two. Two huge boobies. <laughs> Sorry. Control James, you yourself. You can't have them in the picture and expect me to focus on the wrestling. Well, this is not long for long, all right? What, her top or this wrestling? No, the, the, the match. Road Dog now, reverse Irish rip, Owen Hart's in. And uh, a bit of comic relief there as well. Well, Road Dog sends Owen into Jeff and now Billy in. Picture perfect drop kick. Yeah, the stereo drop kicks there from both New Age Outlaws. Irish whip. Oh, Owen reverses it, sends Road Dog into Jarrett, who stops himself. Comes back towards Owen, but gets caught with an inseguri. Picture perfect inseguri there by Owen Hart. Leg dropped to the back of the head. Goes for a cover. One, two. Oh, only a two count. Two. And the huge nugget chant again. It's either nugget or puppies they're <laughs> chanting. Nuggety puppies, eh? Jeff, double clothesline. Nugget on our puppies. Well, I tell you something, for Jeff and Owen, makeshift team, but they do perform well together. You can tell they're friends. <clears throat> and now Jeff with just for the right hand. Road Dog look for Billy. Show your puppies chant. Well, Jeff Jack wants to stop the chant. He wants to stop Road Dog. And he's telling Billy going to suck it. Well, drawing him into the ring as Road Dog comes out and attacks Jarrett. Oh, inverted atomic drop. Road Dog looks for a close on takedown. Jarrett ducks it and drop kicks him out of the ring. And now Billy Gunn going to check on his tag team partner, own heart, with the shots. And Timmy White is going to put Billy Gunn back in his corner, but gives Owen and Jeff a chance to work over the Road Dog. Oh, Jarrett looking to drop his body weight on the back of Owen, uh, on the back of Road Dog, who was draped over the second rope. Road Dog moved out the way. Jarrett gets crutched on the second, and Owen takes out Road Dog for good. That gave Jeff a chance to tag in Owen now. He drops his head, and Road Dog's going to go for the backslide. Well, Road Dog's got a pin on Owen Hart, but Jarrett with a distraction to. Oh, only a two count. Two. But he was down for at least five. At least eight. And now Owen Hart versus the Irish whip. Spin down. He'll kick. Roadog is out of it. Billy Gunn knows that and he has to stop it. And he's telling Timmy White he sucks. Timmy White hasn't even noticed that these two guys have changed. Jarrett and Owen. Well, Jeff throws Roadog into the corner. Roadog comes out with a boot, but right into a power slam. Oh, two count. Two. Well, Deborah can't believe what's going on. 
if Jeff Jacks just got stopped Road Dog from getting to his corner. And well, mid- they're both looking to jump over each other, but a meeting of the minds in the middle of the ring. And a mid-air collision there. Both men down. Well, Jeff gets attacked to Owen. Oh, and stops Road Dog getting to uh, Billy Gunn. Oh, we can't forget how many times Owen Hart's been tag team champion, whether it be the Bulldog, he used to team up with Coco Beware, partition as well. And now with Jeff Jarrett, it's in his blood, he knows about tag team wrestling. And he's going to look to put Road Dog asleep now. And the arm's going limp. That's the only thing that's going limp with Easy, 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 Tiger. Arms dropped once. Arms dropped twice. One more time. And the outlaws are out of here. No, Road Dog's fighting it. The crowd's helping Owen, uh, Road Dog get into it and he reverses it. Puts the sleeper on Owen Hart. Owen managed to escape from it. And now double clothesline. And this time can Rody get to Billy Gunn? Enough is enough and it's time for a change. And Owen's looking to get Jeff in. And don't piss him off. Slap nuts. Owen Hart holding on to Road Dog's hands, preventing him to get in a tag. But he's just too far away from Jeff to get him into the ring. Finally gets Jeff in. But Road Dog finally gets the hot tag to Billy Gunn. And this is a proper hot tag as well by Billy Gunn. He's on fire, baby. Drop kicking through both guys. A lovely scoop power slam to Jarrett. Oh, but Owen having to break up the pin attempt. And now Road Dog back in, recovered, going after Owen Hart. I was going for the 10 punches in the corner. Oh no, one more for luck. Suck it. it. Owen and Jeff Irish ripped into each other. <laughs> and Rody helping uh, Billy Gunn into Jarrett, sending them both over the top rope. Is it puppy time? Well, Deborah's up in the apron with a distraction. But Owen from behind. Road Dog ducking out under a clothesline attempt. And he's looking for the pump handle slam. Hits it. One, two. Oh, no. Jeff Jarrett's in to break it up. And Billy Gunn's hot on his heels. Wow. Well, double Irish whip. Billy went for the drop kick. Jeff held on for the ropes. Oh, he's got the sharpshooter. Jarrett's looking for the figure four. But Gunn gets out of that. Famouser on Owen Hart. Goes for the cover. One. Two, three. And gets the job done. Well, we didn't see Deborah's puppies, but we did see the New Age Outlaws become the new number one contenders. And it match at all. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit slow in places, but it built towards a hot tag. And then even the ending, I thought, was all right. What are your thoughts, Dan? Yeah, um, I completely agree with you. You know, it was, uh, it was a slow build. Uh, the hot tag from Billy Gunn was good. That was when kind of the action heated up a lot. And, um, you know, the, the, the little action, even the interaction with Deborah as well, trying to get the distraction, it was all, you know, all made for a good match. Yeah, without a doubt. It looks like Billy getting in the ring in a minute. And four very good workers as well. And I think it showed in that match as well with the entertainment factor, even though the fans obviously want to see the puppies, but Rodog now's got the mic. And Billy Gunner getting that ass out. And the crowd happy, and that's why they call him Mr. Ass. Now Road Dog's going to get his balls out. Well, that's a dance break for Road Dog. And fair play to the Outlaws, and it just gives you a good feeling as well to see this team 
together, and they will be facing X-Buck and Kane down the road, which should be interesting. So in the back of Mark Cole saying to Shane, man, how can you possibly count the one, two, three if Austin beats The Rock? And he says, I'm not going to make a guarantee like Vincent, man. I'm going to make a promise, just like my grandfather, who's passed away now, that I will count the three, most definitely. And Shane's just showed a completely different side of him, turning his back on Vincent Mann. But he says he's going to count, and now we've got Kevin Kelly with Vincent Mann. So Vincent Mann went on to say that he's hoping that Shane, who's running things now, he made a mistake on Raw, but let's hope he doesn't make the same mistake here tonight. He uses his father's name, and even Stephanie chirps up. We should say this is Stephanie's first kind of appearance properly in WF when you consider 20 years later. She's probably the main focal point now. Uh, back then, she said Shane knew what uh, he was saying, mentioned the grandfather trying to get a rise from Vince. And Vince is just saying, let's hope he doesn't make the mistake tonight. So uh, it would be interesting things, but we're getting all that storyline as well with Vince and Shane, which is just really enjoyable. They're telling a story throughout the pay-per-view as well. But up next, it's going to be Big Show versus Mankind in a boiler room brawl. Only the second ever. First one took place at SummerSlam 1996. And the Big Show's going in. Of course, this stems back to WrestleMania 15 when the Big Show and Mankind were who's going to be the referee. And I think there's a lot of mutual respect between the two. But there is still a fight on at the moment. And Big Show is just trying to look for Mankind. And here he comes. The only way this match can end is when one man leaves the boiler room. And Mankind wears tie on backwards with a broom to the back of Big Show's head. So there's no referee. You can use any weapons you like. All you've got to do is escape the boiler room. And now Mankind putting the Big Show into the danger high voltage cupboard. Oh, trapping his wrist in there. Can I make a prediction now? That the Big Show is so hard at a door or a wall, he goes through it. <laughs> That's giving Mankind the victory. Well, we've seen incredible feats of strength from the Big Show since going around, like you said, breaking through the ring, breaking the steel cage, bringing down the Titantron. And now with all these implements, you feel sorry for Mankind. And now Big Show's got Mankind. Throws him over a table. Struggling to get to his feet, and Big Show's got the table in hand. Oh, bounces it off Mankind's head. <laughs> Mankind is just brilliant as well, you know. Talking about still being loved by the crowd. Could conceivably fight for world title if he wanted to. Well, a thumb to the eye and throwing Big Show into the ladders kind of uh, gives Mankind the upper hand. Irish whip reverse sends Mankind's shoulder first into like a fridge. But moves out of the way, and Big Show punches his fist into it. <laughs> Mankind just shakes a plaster, just hitting Big Show over the face. Snapping him over his head. And now he's got a trash can. Oh, booting it straight back into Mankind's face. Well, Mankind tried like five or six shots, it took Big Show just one. <laughs> and now Big Show sitting Mankind into a trolley. Now where's Big Show? And, oh! oh! Sends him head first. Into some big... I think he might be out, but he's not finished yet. Scoop slam, sending him back first onto the board that he went face first into before. <coughs> well, Big Show could conceivably kill a man here with Mick Foley if he's not... I don't know if he's not careful. If Mick Foley's not careful. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> After being sent head first into the board, Mankind's now trapped underneath it. 
as the Big Show offers some assistance and releases him from it. And Mankind is seriously busted up. Referee Teddy Long standing and raised the hand of the victor. Big Show checking himself. And now he's going to go. Looks like Big Show's got a bit of a black eye. And Mankind's got pane of glass. Smashes it over the head of the Big Show. I mean, Mankind seriously hurt himself. Well, his hand's bleeding. Now Mankind just manoeuvring a wooden ladder. How ladders used to be made. And Mankind climbing it. Big Show's up. Oh! <laughs> well, Big Show's just choked slam Mankind through two tables and some glass and some boxes are on there as well. Well, Big Show's busted open. Here's a big nasty bastard. He's not finished yet with Mankind. Mr. Moppy. Mankind just falls back into boxes. There's some more glass being smashed over to him. Their air conditioning unit filters for anyone who's wondering. And Mankind is just bleeding all over the place at the moment. This is like a murder scene at the moment. <laughs> all that blood. <laughs> a 2 by 4 by Mankind. Oh no. Big show of a kick to the midsection stops him using that. Oh. <laughs> As the Big Show slams Mick Farrelly onto some steps. And Big Show, think about leaving, but like, no, wait a minute, this is what he done to me. And he's got Mankind. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell. Well, Mankind over the top and just falls to the concrete floor. Well, Mankind hit a pipe and it went off in Big Show's face. I think it's a steam pipe. Uh, a blinded Big Show. And a pipe to the back of Big Show. Oh! <coughs> and one to the crutch of Big Show. Now he gets slid shoulder first, knocking loads of pipes down on top of him. This could be Mankind's opportunity to escape as what? he's crawling towards the exit. He can see it in his sights. As he crawls, you can see the stains of Mankind. Can he get to the exit and beat the Big Show? Wow. Oh, no. Oh. Well, Mankind wins, but he's in trouble now. He may have won the battle, but he's losing the war. And show it around putting a hit out to Mankind. Uh-oh. <laughs> he's alive. The Big Show's up from the pipes, and he's got... Big Show throws... Uh, Big Boss Man throws Test into Big Show. And Boss Man getting a harm's way, but that's the second time we've seen Test thrown to the wolves. <laughs> Mankind's loading up Mr. Socko. I don't think Test realises... Well, he does now, as he's put down his gullet. <laughs> Mankind, I just love his noise. screaming like a pig? Yeah, Mankind is just brilliant. I love this. Dan, what do you think of the match? You know, it's uh, it's a completely different kind of affair to the last hardcore match we've seen. That one, it was a bit more of a fun match. This one, you could tell it was a lot more serious, and both these guys just... Wanted to hurt each other despite respecting the hell out of each other. Yeah, and uh, that's what I liked about it as well. Is it wasn't just like we strong dislike. It's just two guys just beating the crap out of each other. Corporation getting involved in the storyline is great there. And and the thing is, to look behind the curtain quickly, Mankind said, you know, when he wrote his books, that was one of the matches that he used a couple of gimmicks and he used a couple of things to kind of make it look like it hurt more than it did. But I don't think it affected anything else in the matches that we've seen before. It's nice to know that maybe he didn't take as much punishment in that one yeah. as he, you know, did in other matches. But I think a really good one. And then backstage, Michael Cole talking to Triple H. And we talk about Triple H and stars for the future. And 
this is him saying now that basically he's the man and he's the guy, you know, brought X-Pac in. He's going to break him down. He's going to be a future champion, you know, and you're trying to see a different side of Triple H. He's going to go against X-Pac. We're getting some exclusive footage of uh, Big Show getting uh, sorted out. I think he's going to need a couple of stitches in that gash. <clears throat> and his hand. I think he's broken his knuckles where he punched that fridge as well. Look how big his hand is, though. It is freaky. That's Francois Petit checking out a Big Show. We we'll see Mankind walking through the boiler room. <laughs> I don't want to fight the Big Show no more. <laughs> so a bit of exclusive footage there added on and given to the network as well. Mankind going through the boiler room, but I mean that was uh, that was good. But now it's going to get real personal now between X Pac and Triple H. And, I mean this story goes back to maybe even the night after WrestleMania. Last year, when X-Pac made his debut in DX with Triple H bringing him in. But it really came to head at WrestleMania 15, Dan. Yes, when uh, Triple H turned on his former stablemates, X-Pac, to join the corporation and basically sell out for... It doesn't seem like he's gained any more success than he had when he was with DX. Well, this is the thing, and he's talked about, you know, the money side for the corporation. But, you know, where's he want to be? He's still with China, but now he's turned his back on his friends, and he's saying he wants to end X-Pac's career tonight, basically, and move on to bigger or better things. So we'll see if it's the right decision. But X-Pac has been on a roll lately with Kane by his side, admittedly. But tonight, he will got some business to deal with Triple H and China. And this is his generic theme that he had at the moment. He's still working towards... He wouldn't have Motorhead until, I think, late 2000. Didn't he have, like, give me some of that Triple H? Yeah, he had that, which this just came on a little bit. I think by SummerSlam, he definitely had that. But even his look, you know, the long trunks, he's still got that, so he's working yeah. through that. He's not <clears throat> as muscular as, you know, you would think. What he was a couple of years later would be incredible, you know, kind of muscle mass. <clears throat> I think it's hard later if you want to make it to the big leagues. Triple H in the ring and really pushing away at X-Pac. Giving him a disrespectful slap. The bell hasn't even rung yet as these two guys are slugging away at each other. Now the match starts, Triple H going to attack by X-Pac, fighting it off with back elbows. Well, he's certainly got the speed advantage over the game. I think that's what he needs to do if he wants to put Triple H down. Goes to the spinning hill kick. That gets caught, but he follows it up with an insiguri. And Triple H's got to take his tie going to the outside. Make sure he uses China. I think he's used China as much as he can. But we talk about the click members, and we talk about high-profile matches that they had. You know, Shawn Michaels and Triple H, Kevin Nash involved, Scott Hall... But, of course, X-Pac and Triple H, one of the very few times they actually went one-on-one as well. So, it'd be interesting to see how their styles clash. <laughs> styles clash. As Triple H goes in the ring, but X-Pac put outside. And that was a phenomenal forearm there by X-Pac. And now he's got Triple H, sends him into the stairs. They take advantage, sends him back in the ring. Triple H, though, goes to the midsection. And the game, probably at his smallest, is still a lot bigger than X-Pac. But, well, we talked about earlier with Edge, you know, and... It, Triple H would have to find his character, like the game character eventually becoming that kind of would make his break, becoming a main event. And it's weird, we saw about the you know, rated R superstar. Sometimes you do need that character to take it to the next level where X Pac, you know, was X Pac, but after DX broke down, he was still X Pac from DX, wasn't he, you know, in a weird yeah. way. And now Triple H and X Pac in the ring, and X Pac's going to try and speed things up here. What was that groupie kind of? Created. X Factor, that's it, with Just Incredible and yeah. Albert. Yeah. And he goes for the clothesline, but Triple H sends him to the outside, right onto those waist. Yes, and China with a distraction, but X Pac with eyes in the back of his head. 
No, he's going to go put Hunt on the announce table. No, that gets blocked and Triple H sends him headfirst into it instead. Nowadays, you wouldn't have thought Triple H would mix with someone the size and size of X-Pac, would you? <laughs> no, exactly, yeah. <clears throat> and Triple H sends an X-Pac into the stairs. You'll look to slow it down. Now Triple H sends an X-Pac into the turnbuckle. Working the right hands, but X-Pac trying to fight out the corner. I saying that the only person that had a match on this card... Uh, Triple H is the only one that fought at WrestleMania this year. Shane yeah. McMahon's a referee. It's, yeah, yeah, it'd be right, wouldn't it? X Pac sent to the corner, dodges the clothesline, spinning heel kicks, got Triple H down, but imagine the kick out. Uh-huh. Back up now, sent back into the corner. <coughs> then I rake by the game. X Pac ducks the clothesline, Triple H in the corner, and a couple of kicks and a spinning heel kick. Drops in prone position for the Bronco Buster. But yep. no, China grabbing the leg. X-Pac telling her to suck it. We're giving Triple H just enough time to move out of the way. And X-Pac hits nothing but ring post. Oh my God, but I think X-Pac there, his neck, might have whiplashed off that second turnbuckle. And we all know about the history of X-Pac with neck surgeries in the past. Oh, and Triple H relentless, clotheslining him down. Well, referee checking and yeah. And look what China's wearing. We talk about women in the attitude here. I mean, she's wearing basically a thong and metal bra. And don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining about it, but... They look like um, arseless chaps. I know. Anyway, Triple H now just going to the assault on X-Pac. This is disgusting. As referee say, come on, let me check on him. So we've only seen two women tonight, and both of them were wearing thongs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And their tits are hanging out. Oh, and, and Stephanie. And Triple H... <clears throat> just working the back of the neck now. And this is the, uh, I say, the fucked up thing, is that who would know more about the injury? Who would have been with X-Buck more the past few years than with Triple H? And as China just hits a forearm for good measure. Oh, but X-Buck managing to kick out. Ah. Uh-huh. So is that a legitimate injury he's got at the moment then? No. No. Completely story. This whole <clears throat> thing is to try and build Triple H. You know, like the game Cerebral Assassin type thing? Yeah. This is trying to build him up towards the main event level. This is where goal, he's going to be like the rock for, for 99. This is the guy they want. And it's going to start off with turning the back on DX, trying to show that kind of, you know, we've always talked about the more aggressive nature and getting actually getting the job done. Yeah. And this is him basically saying to his, I guess his friend, you know, I, I don't care if you're actually, I just want to end your career, which is even worse than just beating him really and moving on. <coughs> But it's a way to build main event talent that just doesn't, you know. Oh, no. No, definitely not. It's like, you know, it, it's we've seen it with every single one coming through, especially through this era. They start off slow and they build them up. But, you know, nowadays, if people don't get the main event level straight away, they spit out their dummy, oh, I'm going to AEW, yeah, yeah. oh, I'm going to Impact, oh, I'm going on the Indies. And it's like, look, don't be a dick and you get rewarded for it. Yeah. I think, I think exactly eventually, and I think as Macho Man always says, you know, the cream goes to the top. But when you talk about character development that Triple H is, is going through, that we've seen since the start, we watched, you know, the Monday Night War, the same with The Rock or Ken, even Ken Sharrock, you know, that kind of character development. I think the only person it's happened to in recent times is Kofi Kingston. Okay, yeah, I think you might be right with that. But <clears throat> I mean, like before then, you had Randy Orton. You know, not trying to profile him, but he done a bit of a slow build. I know, I think, what, within a year or two, 
he was champion maybe a bit too soon. Yeah, I think they pulled the trigger with that. I think the only reason they did that, though, is because of Brock Lesnar, uh, and they didn't want him to be the youngest champion around. But like you said, it's, it's very difficult. So they they kind of get either bored with the kind of the way they're pushing him, or it has to be right now. It has to be a guy that comes in and suddenly it's like, oh, he's the man that's going to take over right away. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to miss out, you know. Well, I think that's you know that's another thing with them not using kind of homegrown talent as well. It's you know with Triple H, he was kind of built. I know he was terrorising in WCW, but he was kind of mainly built through WWE. Mm. So like you know you see his Hunter Hearst Helmsley kind of character, and then you see him becoming a degenerate, and then like you know you see right this is not enough. I want more, mm. and you know you see him turn on his friend, and yeah, it is. The perfect rise for him. Exactly. It's building it up, isn't it? You know, the storyline, making him a legitimate challenger as well. Because, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin is so hot, but there's only so many times you can throw the rock or the Undertaker at him and you need new challenges. It's something that WWF realised that WWE... And it's weird that WWF <clears throat> went back to... reverted to different ways later on at WrestleManias. You know, you talk about recent WrestleManias, uh, uh, who the new stars are now. It's very difficult to kind of point at it and go, right, okay, you know. And Triple H, and this is another problem with the match, is that <clears throat> the car's been good so far, and this match here is expected to be two guys just going to go hell for leather at it, and instead it turns into kind of a technical match more. I mean, Triple H has had submissions in this past, you know, four or five minutes, with Dragon Sleeper or variants. And... But you can still see it's Triple H, he wants to injure that neck. He knows x Park's got a bit of a weak neck, you know, they've commented on the surgery that he's had. For... So, you know, you can see him. He's It's a tactical yeah, yeah, wear yeah. down of his opponent. And it, it does show the heart <clears throat> and the kind of grit and determination of an X-Puck as well, you know, during this match to be able to keep getting the shoulder up at two. Two. He literally did at that point <laughs> anyway. So X-Puck throws to the outside and Triple H distracting the ref. But again, you know, Triple H rule, he's a worker, he's solid, he's reliable, you know, he's he can tell a very good story in the ring. Yeah, but in 2000, there wasn't a better wrestler for me in the, in the world than Triple H at that time. Everything he touched was good. I remember a great match with Takamichi Noku we had on Heat that we will be watching when the time comes, you know what I mean? Triple H developed into a guy, and it's all about confidence. And, and I think in a place is knowing that you've got support, you know, backstage they're saying to him, this is where we're going to go with you, as opposed to maybe others. It's like you don't know if you've got that constant thing of this is what's going to happen, this is where you're going to be in a year's time. So when does Angle come in? Depending on the injuries and that. Kurt Angle debuts uh, November this year. And then you've got Jericho. But Jericho comes in August. So you've got all these... Kind <coughs> of, the radicals come in the new year. And that kind of sets WF up then for the next 10 years. Yeah. When we talk about X-Pac, it's a shame X-Pac never made it. Because I think there is the potential there. But it's just like about stuck with the same gimmick of you know being in the DX as opposed to being who X-Pac was. Well, you know, they tried with X Factor and that. I think it might have been the people he was with. You know, just incredible. Albert, where he's a solid worker. I don't think Albert's like a a kind of reliable person. If yeah. You know what I, mean? I, I find it crazy that he's in the performance centre now as head trainer. Do you know what I mean? Like, out of all the wrestlers yeah. in the world. Like, and yeah, just incredible <clears throat> at that point as well. Really wasn't. But then I, I think he was at his peak when he was part of TNA. Testing out, but you know, I think that was his best gimmick where he yeah. was suited better. Oh, I like the uh, <laughs> the hip hop hippo where he used to come out as well with Scotty Hottie. 
I, you know, Albert was alright, I suppose, but. We get Rikishi soon as well, don't we? Rikishi, yeah, pops his head in soon as well, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that changes with, with it comes to mid card and, uh, and, and stuff like that. The main event's pretty much set until we get the big surprise Survive Series this year as well, obviously with Stone Cold. And now again, the fans chanted boring as Triple H got Sleeper in. I think they could have had a a more serious match, but they tell a better story with this. I I know, you know, I know, not yeah. so many sleeper holds. I think you know it's it could have been him, you know, a few spine busters here and there, a swinging neck breaker, and you know, just definitely targeting that. X Pac should have had a couple of longer flurries back. Well, X Pac now got out of the submission and put sleeper in his own, but Triple H backing him up into the corner and getting some separation. And X-Pac still got the sleeper in a Triple H. I mean, this match is longer than the main event as well, which sure. I, I find quite incredible. I always think the main event should be the longest match, obviously within reason of, you know, what story they want to tell. But I think if you're paying the most money to see that match, you want it to go longest, especially with the entrances and all that yeah. kind of thing. But we're back to this one. And X-Pac there got caught with back body drop. Both men doing their best to get up to a vertical base. X-Pac catches Triple H with a spinning heel kick. Trying to find his way back into this. Irish Rip reversed by the game. But another spinning heel kick knocks Helmsley off his feet. And there he goes to the corner. X-Pac Irish Rip reverse though. Oh, but X-Pac comes flying out. I think he got a bit of whiplash going in there. But he still managed to inflict some damage on the game. China doesn't look happy at the moment. X-Pac taking his time on the second rope. Tornado DDT plants Triple H. Gets his arm across for the cover. Two. Oh, no. Just a two count. Two. And now China's up on the apron trying to cheer the game on. And maybe trying to distract x back. And now Triple H is going to go for the pedigree. Oh. And x pack dropping his head between the game's legs. Well, China was causing the distraction. One, two. No. Triple H managing to kick out. Ah. Uh. Well, that backfired on China, Triple H. And the game throwing X-Pac through the ring ropes to the outside. He hit the floor with a bit of a splat. Irish whip reversed. The game sent shoulder first into the steps. Now X-Pac is back in. I think he would take a counter victory at the moment. Oh! Well, Triple H pulled the referee in <coughs> into harm's way. He took the flying drop kick from X-Pac. And now Triple H with a clothesline. Throws X-Pac back in the ring. Oh, Triple H misses the clothesline. X-Factor. And that's it. X-Pac's got it one. Oh, China's coming back in. Oh, low blow on X-Pac. And a reverse DDT by China. And now she's going to put Triple H over the top of X-Pac. Oh, not like this. The lights go out. It's not The Undertaker, though. It's his baby brother, Kane. And he still wants revenge on Triple H in China. One half of the tag team champions. And good God, James, there he is through Hellfire and Brimstone. It's Kane! Kane is here. And China does not look happy. I want to shag your big red beast. Well, she's not moved, though. Credit to China. Swing gets caught by Kane, who loads her up for the choke slam, but Triple H from behind. He gets grabbed by the throat, choke slammed into the mat. And now it's only China left. 
And China caught round the throat. Oh! Boom, she gets dropped with a choke slam as well. Well, Kane saw. Came Kane. <laughs> Kane came. He Kane saw. Conquered. He choke slammed. And I don't think he's finished with China. He put her in a bottom turnbuckle. And the same with Triple H. He's humanising again. He's learning. X Pack finally comes too. And he doesn't have a clue what's going on. He just sees Triple H in China laying in position. In a very prone position. The referee's getting. And this is X Pac's chance. Bronco Buster to the game. X Pac with a Bronco Buster on one. Now he's going to go on China. And she loves this move. She's had the naked Bronco Buster a couple of times from X Pac. And China gets her just desserts. But Triple H is up. Loads him up. Hits the pedigree. One, two, three. Oh, and Triple H beats X Pac here tonight with a pedigree. Thanks to China's interference. But Kane came in and made sure that Triple H and China. We're going to pay for the mistakes that they've made. What did you think of the match, Dan? I thought it was um, five, ten minutes too long. But I think with Triple H, it's kind of what you expect from his matches now. You know, he does get given a long amount of time. But it it wasn't a bad match, you know. It told a very good story between these two guys, you know. They were former friends, now enemies. And it's like a stepping stone for Triple H. I think, without a doubt, I think that's what we've seen here, and he'll move on to bigger and better things. Uh, and, you know, with X Puck, this is probably being here in the WF, but he'll carry on his tag team title run. Let's not forget the Outlaws facing Kane and X Puck at some point as well. And I think the right man won here, because, like you said, building up to Triple H for bigger and better things. And now it's time for the most dangerous man. Well, he may be called Kenneth, but I wouldn't want to mess with Ken Shamrock. And the build-up to this match has been pretty good. It's kind of been one of the main focuses on Raw recently, hasn't it, you know? It has, yeah. Um, you know, The uh, the Undertaker took Ken's sister, Ryan, um, sort of sacrificed her. Well, I don't know if they did sacrifice her or... Yeah, they had her up on the cross. Oh, they, they, they had her up and uh, done whatever they do to sacrifice someone, I suppose. Well, we <laughs> Undertaker saying to Shamrock... Viscera's had his way, and we don't know what other ministry member. She was crucified and then found in a boiler room by mankind and given safety back to Shamrock. That is the end of Ryan Shamrock here in the WWF. I do not blame her, but uh, old Ken is here for retribution. What a story it's been told for him recently, turning his back on the corporation, doing the right thing, basically, and not hide, as any good babyface would do, not worrying about numbers either, and running right into with a baseball bat, taking out all the members and going against the most satanic version of the Undertaker that has ever been. Undertaker's usually about uh, darkness, don't get me wrong, but this is a truly evil Undertaker that we've been seeing, what he's been doing to Deborah and Ryan Shamrock and what he wants to do with Stephanie. This Undertaker of something else. Do you like this Undertaker character? I I think it's quite in keeping with the time. He's not my favourite version of the Undertaker, but I think, you know... For the late nineties, early two thousands, it is with the times. Uh, uh, it's it's a fitting place. 
I, I agree with you. I think there's the problem with the Undertaker with an undead man. There's not a lot of ways you can go. And at the time of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and stuff like this, I think that worth worthwhile with the Undertaker being as he is. You can see why the American Badass character had to happen as well because of this time period. You know? Again, you know, it was uh, it was a time when Kid Rock was cool, and you know, a bit of rock and roll in America was cool, and. You know, being kind of an American patriot as well, you know, hence being the American badass. I think, again, you know, that was perfect timing. And coming back as the dead man, I think, you know, that was very that was very good for the nostalgia type of things as well. So, you know, his character change throughout the timelines, I think it fits perfect with the time. Yeah, I, I think so. I think for the problem with me as a fan at the time, I'd been involved with The Undertaker, you know, back in 92. Come back in it to 99, it wasn't the kind of same Undertaker that I remembered, you know, and, and even in this match, one of the few things that he took punishment and you didn't usually see that with Undertaker. And I think I was annoyed with Shamrock at the time. Obviously, 20 years since then, I've matured. You kind of see Shamrock's point now. Yeah, exactly. And you, and you can, and it's not just me being a huge Undertaker mark. It's about being, you know, a Shamrock fan as well. And this is arguably one of his biggest matches that Shamrock ever had on pay-per-view to go against someone like the Undertaker, you know. And I like Ken. God damn it, I'm going to say it. I like Ken Shamrock. You know, yeah. Um, again, his character, I think it certainly worked. You know, kind of an unhinged psycho. It's kind of like um, an early days what Dean Ambrose is. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, like yeah. a lunatic fringe. But I think, you know, obviously in this era, it's a bit more amplified. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I agree with you. You know, it's definitely Shamrock could have worked. As the Undertaker now has got the arm. Could Shamrock have ever reached? Main event. I think there's potential. Look at him last year. King the Ring. You know, and has he really put a foot wrong? He's been given the stuff in the card. And I think he's done well with everything. You know, even, you know, this kind of feud or teaming up with the boss man or whatever he's been asked. When he was snapping last year and just suplexing referees all over the place. Yeah. I, I think there was a chance for Shamrock. I, I don't know what the behind the stories were, why he left in 99 for. Maybe we can try and delve into that when the moment comes, but I definitely think there was a potential. He's got the look, do you know what I mean, as well? Like, Well, do you think he was kind of in the wrong era at the wrong, wrong time, if you know what I mean? You know, if, like, if he'd have come round when there was a bit of lulling talent, then, you know, maybe he would have been given a better push, or, you know, if he was a few years before this, he might have got the push in pace I of... Think, I, I, see what I think later on, I think that with Shamrock... He, again, we talk about wrestling, he's going to open up doors. He was one of the first guys, maybe the first to transition from UFC to WWE. And if you hadn't opened up that door, would we have seen other guys, you know, Ronda Rousey even, trying her hand later on in her career? So I think Shamrock deserves a lot of credit for that. If it had come on later, I think maybe they had a little bit more success as well because of just the way they would have dealt with Shamrock. Maybe the only problem thing lacking is his personality. But even then, they could have found a way around it. You know, someone like Heyman as a manager, I think, could have worked perfectly. Shamrock and Untake have been training blows in the early game. Shamrock's had a little bit of punishment, but it's now going to go back and try and focus on that leg. He wants retribution on the Untaker. Well, yeah, you know, it's Shamrock, he's going to focus on the leg. He's going to focus on the ankle, priming him up ready for the ankle lock submission. There's a lot of stuff happening there. For me, it kind of hit this wall where I was on the road so much, I was missing my kids' football games and wrestling matches and the dances I were going to. He had five kids. So it really hurt him to miss that many things. I felt good time for him to figure out how to stop being on the road and be with his family. Extended break from wrestling. 
before yeah. getting a brief main event run in TNA in two thousand two. First ever NWO oh, world champion. TNA champion yeah. and then he would disappear again. You remember after he won the title they came to me and wanted him to drop it to Ron Killings, who was a very good worker, good kid. Just seemed like they'd stop using him. And the Undertaker now has got the advantage on Shamrock, just trying to literally trying to muzzle this animal. You can tell their legs are properly Undertaker. What's his Who? Is it not Ken Shamrock? No. Is it Ken? Irish whip into the ropes, but Shamrock went for the sunset flip. And gets straight into a knee bar. And you can hear the Undertaker screaming. <clears throat> and now Shamrock going right after the leg. He's like a shark that can smell blood. As I say, you know, it's his uh, methodical beatdown. He's targeting the body part. He knows he, what he's got to weaken it up for. And I feel a Shamrock Undertaker match later on, where the Undertaker became with his styles, you know, with the Google Plex and all that kind of stuff, would have quite been a good, a good, a good, would have been a good opponent for Shamrock, as opposed to now he's kind of style. It's two contrasting styles that kind of don't mesh at the moment, do they? You know, like yeah, yeah, this is what I'm seeing now at the moment. I'm trying to get again. And, you know, this kind of Undertaker thing, it's he's, uh, he's taking more punishment than his protégés did earlier in the six-man tag match, which he shouldn't be. He should be out there shining an example. I know they're kind of wanting to put Ken Shamrock over as being someone who's crazy. You know, he's a mixed martial artist. He knows what he's doing in the ring. He can hurt you and he can put submission moves on. But I think Undertaker needs to be built as stronger. Maybe they've put him against the wrong opponents in this. Well, this is this weird thing about it, isn't it? You know, like, we've seen the Undertaker versus Boss Man that didn't work last month and now with Shamrock. And uh, your question, you know, Undertaker's booking is like, one of these men would be fighting for the WF Championship at the next pay-per-view. I'll give you a clue, it's not Shamrock, you know. And like I said, with this, the crowd's not really into it anyway. You see the opening four or five matches were really, uh, not great, but the crowd were into it. It's really weird at a pay-per-view to see the last three matches, or, you know what I mean, the last couple of matches that should mean something, the crowd have not been invested. You know, Triple H and X-Pac, and even this one now. And usually it's completely the other way around, isn't it? You know, so, you know, obviously something going on with it, but the wrong opponent or what they're doing. And now Shamrock yeah. going to go get the leg of Undertaker. And again, working to hyper-extend that knee. And Jim Ross has never heard the Undertaker scream, and neither have I. Squirrel like a pig, bitch! So what are your thoughts on this uh, Undertaker gimmick, then? You've heard mine. Well, like I said, it's weird. I based it off two things. When I, first, when I was watching wrestling back in 99, it wasn't the Undertaker that I'd known and loved. It was kind of more of a, a human side, even though we're seeing this kind of satanic... Didn't like the way he was going. I liked the Undertaker to be cheered, not to be a bad guy, you know. Or, or even be beaten in a way, so it's weird seeing him in this position. Especially a guy as well, you know, usually Undertaker would be on top. As for the character itself, I can see why they did it, but they ran themselves into the hole, you know, with all the sacrifices. Stuff. There's only so evil you can be until you do start killing people on TV or something. I don't know where the Undertaker could have gone. And don't get me wrong, I don't mind American Badass character, but the, you know, the kind of reimagining of it when he came back in 2004. It's best suited as that. And now Shamrock's got the stairs and working on the Undertaker's ankle. But it has been pretty much all Ken Shamrock throughout this match. I mean, Undertaker's <laughs> had a couple of little flurries. And it is... I don't think I've seen Undertaker taking this much punishment in a match. No. And it's weird, you know. Don't get me wrong. I like Ken Shamrock, but 
maybe the fans just don't, not sure. You know, don't get me wrong. Undertaker's been around for ages. He's got a lot of respect from the crowd, but he's a horrible character. And again, you know, I think the fans are silent because Ken Shamrock's just left Shane McMahon's corporation, but is he still... Did he leave because of Vince McMahon leaving and walking out? So is he still aligned with Vince McMahon, who is still technically an arsehole? Exactly. We and Undertaker, yeah. he's kind of sacrificing people. So they're like, well, who do we cheer for? Who do we boo? You know, it's and you know these day and age, you know these day and ages, they're not smarks. Well, this is the thing, you know, they're trying to watch the action. You know, they well, some of them kind of know the inside story where it is, but the internet being in its infancy and stuff. Like you said, they just want to see the story told. So it's interesting to see this match and see the kind of crowd reaction to it. I mean, that guy in the white T-shirt there has sat with his arms folded for the last maybe half hour, 45 minutes. He was cheering during the Outlaws match. And you, you understand why this match is happening, but you don't kind of understand, you know, you should be cheering for. Yeah, Exactly. And that bloke is fucking huge. I know he? he's he's a big he's a big guy. Oh, he's a big man. When you watch it on the network, when people check out Backlash, you he's literally right in the centre of the screen, top centre of the picture, wearing a white t-shirt. Yeah, you, you can't miss him. Let's see when he cheers. <laughs> and Shamrock taking down the Undertaker again, going for the armbar. But it's good to see no one just staring at their phones at this point. <laughs> well, this is true. Yeah, and the signs have gone down, so that's good. And the Undertaker having to use the ropers and out. For a submission hold. Is this kind of putting up Ken Shamrock as a legitimate badass now? I suppose, but they never really went anywhere with it. Which is right. always a bit weird, you know what I mean? <clears throat> Maybe they just try to build them up for this kind of match-up or this feud. But The Undertaker finally getting back into this. Hanging Ken Shamrock over the top rope. But I think the damage might have been done. The one thing they did say about Shamrock is never a straw. And you can't... Can you really cheer on an idiot? Do you know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong, I understand Brave... But if you run into a, a somewhere that you can't win, you don't, you don't want your good guys to look... Austin never looks stupid, does he? Do you know no, what I mean? no, like, no. But Shamrock's bringing the fight to the Undertaker. Looking to jump off the apron, but getting caught and sent back first into the ring post. That's one of my favourite Undertaker moves. Simple, nice visual. I don't really like old school. I think it's a really long move just for a fucking axe handle, single axe handle yeah, smash off the top rope. No, I, don't, I don't mind it. My no. favourite one is Undertaker in his heyday when he like goes out for the kind of clothesline, but he rotates over with it yeah. as well. That looks badass. Yeah, we won't be seeing that anymore. <laughs> nah. Well, the Undertaker throwing Shamrock in. I like the snake eyes as well. I think that's a good setup. And he's working on the lower back of Shamrock. But there's not really a wrestling style that kind of denotes this kind of undertaker yeah exactly you know you've got his american badass he kind of went with that gimmick like you know it was it was a bit more fast pace on his dead man kind of working and he finished them off with the uh and you know with his dead man gimmick as well you know he's kind of it kind of fit with him but this it's like you don't know what he should be doing well if there are lies a couple of problems the undertaker has been going around you know in nine years he's been a constant in wf the injuries and the, you know has taken its toll. He even f- contemplated retirement during this time, which is incredible when you try and think about it. But if you class him to someone like John Cena nowadays, and Cena was around you know nine, ten years, but he went away because you have to kind of go away, reinvent yourself, otherwise you kind of get bored. And at this point, moment, I don't want to say people get bored of the Undertaker, but it's taken away the shine when you've seen him for that amount of times. <coughs> so to then go away and reinvent yourself and come back with something different, you know, eventually, I mean, from this point in. When he'd go away to come back maybe four or five years later to become the Undertaker again, 
then it's it's been a matter of time that people are like, okay, and then they use the Undertaker coming in once a year, didn't they, for WrestleMania yeah. matches? Protects the character as well. And a lovely bow and arrow there by the Undertaker that often. Yeah, you know, you can you can see there's some variations to his style, you know, you can't give him that. Yeah, but not once has the crowd got behind Shamrock in this one. Yeah. No. Oh, not no. once. I don't think they're that invested in the Shamrock character. And like I said, it is a long-ass match. Again, longer than the main event match, which is incredible when you think about it. Undertaker dropping the leg, but Shamrock rolling through. And again with the knee bar, making Undertaker arrive in pain. But I think with Shamrock, again, his continuity, he started off on the left leg, he's done some damage to the right leg, and now he's going back to the left leg again. Well, it's Shamrock just trying to find... Like, I hope I'm going to give Devil a Jew here, just trying to find his way out at the moment. He realises in trouble, maybe can't beat Untaker standing up. He's just trying to get hold of whatever he can. And now Shamrock again, kicking away at the leg. Just wrenching the leg around, but Undertaker reversing it into a half-Boston crab. Very well done from him. And the dead man showing what he can do. And I don't really get Paul Bearer's kind of <laughs> role in this now. I understand it before, where he was kind of like the Undertaker's voice, but now... He's just a fat guy that looks really fucking weird. And he's not getting involved, is he? The last nah. time he got involved was probably around the time of, uh, you know, Survivor Series 98. So he's not that he's not active. And Untaker went out injured early and Paul Bearer just smiled at him. I mean, what help is that? And now Shamrock in the corner, Untaker going for the attack. But Shamrock cutting him off. And it just shows it wasn't, you know, balls to the wall every minute. You know, they did take some missteps and whatever it is. It just shows you... The strength for your product, if you did make a mistake or something wasn't bad, you stuck with it and then, you know, without a doubt, if the Rock Austin match stunk up the joint, then you might have a problem, you know? We'll see what happens with that. Well, if the Rock Austin match had stunk up the joint, I don't think their subsequent WrestleMania matches would have followed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Sherrod now trying to escape from the Undertaker's attack. But I think with this, you know, it's like they may be having second doubts about, like, you know, what's going forward with this kind of Undertaker character, but I think they've got a storyline yeah, yeah, in yeah. the makings that they're like, well, we're so heavily invested that everything's going to lead to this moment. And, you know, we've had a mention of the higher power, so we've kind of got to reveal that. And, you know, at this point, I think with WCW, like with things kind of getting closed up without an ending... It's like, well, what happened to this? What happened to that? Whereas this, they're like, right, no matter how much it sucks, we're going to follow it through to the end anyway to keep some continuity with it. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it does. You know, very rarely WF do they kind of leave things loose. And I think if it's the kind of major story as well, major, major story, story, they always kind of have an end point, even if it doesn't go the way you think it did, you know. But armbar by Shamrock onto Undertaker. Ankle Straight lock. Right onto the ankle lock, but Undertaker just pushing him up. And Undertaker getting up and just clobbering Shamrock. Going for the cover, but only a two count. Two. Now, Irish rip to the corner of Shamrock. Taker picks him up. Looking to roll the dice for Snake Eyes, but Slide going straight again for the ankle lock. And will we see the Undertaker submit? Now, here comes Bradshaw with a baseball bat. Well, Shamrock knocked off the apron, but right into the Undertaker... Choke slam. No, Shamrock <laughs> grabs hold, rolls through, gets the armbar locked in. And, bro- and Paul Bear up the apron. Again, a second distraction. Oh, and the Undertaker, Irish ripping Shamrock. 
Shamrock ducking the clothesline attempt. Belly to belly. And Shamrock might do it now. Can he put the Undertaker away? Oh, might look for Tombstone. Oh, oh, Undertaker just rides it through. Reverses it. Bang. Looking to go for the cover. One, two, three. And the Undertaker puts away Shamrock. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Um, I think this is, you know, again, it's The Undertaker's taken too much punishment during this match. I know they're kind of like making Ken Shamrock look unhinged, but, you know, not only did it take Undertaker, but it took a couple of distractions, one from Paul Bearer, one from Bradshaw as well. well I, you know, like I said, I don't really think the distractions work. I think the best bit was the closing bit, the choke slam reversal. That was cool. And then into the tombstone. I mean, yeah. you, you could have cut 10 minutes off that match. As the Undertaker's leaving, he's saying to Bradshaw, pick the bones of Shamrock. Why is it just Bradshaw? Why not Farouk? Why not Viscera? Well, Bradshaw's out with a baseball bat right to the midsection of Shamrock. And now Shamrock, the most dangerous man, Vince McMahon's protector, is getting taken out here. Huge powerbomb from Bradshaw. I think Shamrock will be going straight to the hospital now. And Bradshaw's got a sleeper using that baseball bat for a bit of extra leverage. So I think with Shamrock out of it, it's Vince and Stephanie basically on their own right now. And the Undertaker said there would be a tragedy here tonight. As we move on, our next match is the main event for the WF Championship. And it is The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's the Rock's car. He is stealing the 
is coming back for Stone Cold. Steve Austin tonight, and that's the bottom line. So the story of Stone Cold versus The Rock, well, we can only look at WrestleMania 15 and the first ever WrestleMania meeting between Austin and Rock. And how did they get there? Well, they told us the story so well at WrestleMania 15, and this was, of course, the rematch for it. But a wrinkle added, and you talked about stories being fulfilled. Smoking Skull Championship, which, uh, which Vincent Mann took at breakdown in September, he promised to give it back to Stone Cold. And Shane McMahon, in his power trip, took the title from himself and then egged on Stone Cold Steve Austin and said, there's nothing you can do. Had it on the Titantron, and old Stone Cold wasn't going to have any of that. He got Big Show putting down the Titantron and absolutely destroying it. But still, The Rock was managing to escape, and then he was on the bridge in the same place a year and a half ago. Again, another deep cut into an old storyline. And The Rock saying to Austin, I was going to throw your belt over the river. What happened, Dan? Well, he threw Austin into the river instead, and we thought he threw the belt. But he came out the next night on Raw and uh, he was wearing said belt. Austin wasn't taking any of that. Ran over The Rock's $40,000 car in a monster truck. Drove said monster truck into the arena. Uh, took the belt back off The Rock only for Shane McMahon to come from behind. Hit him with a shovel and take the belt back and give it to The Rock. And the question is, can Shane McMahon be impartial here tonight as the referee in his huge WF Championship match? We've just seen Vince McMahon demo and say, stay there and be safe until the end of the show. Vince has still got business to sort out here tonight. He's going to keep a close eye on this main event. Vince McMahon seems to have changed. He seems to be wants to, what's right. He wants Austin to get his title back. And you think this is the same Vince McMahon last year who absolutely hated his guts. Shane's taken on the mantle. I think Shane's doing a really good job. Do you know what I mean? He is, yeah. You know, you can kind of see his character coming through things. He is, uh, you know, being an arsehole, kind of following in his dad's footsteps, you know. It's uh, a bit like Scott Evil and Dr. Evil, (laughs) you know. It's, uh, I want to be just like my dad. Uh, I want to be as evil as him. But then his dad's like, well, fucking hell, you are a bit of an arsehole. Yeah, you're a bit too evil, you know, Shane. He's even got his nose up, looking down at people. We've seen, you know, even though he is so young and the first, you know, involvement... With him at Survivor Series screwing Stone Cold Steve Austin over as the referee. Which is a brilliant moment. But The Rock, can you hear the reaction The Rock's getting? You know, it's, I would say he's second only to Stone Cold in, in popular-wise, even though he is a bad guy. And you can see why they couldn't do many more matches between the two. Do you know what I mean? With The Rock and Austin. But The Rock's got the Smoking Skull title. Well, Austin is the champion, but The Rock is the one coming out here carrying the belt. And The Rock's coming out here with the attitude that he's got, but the fans seem to love him. And Shane just applauding The Rock. What a huge matchup we're getting as well, Rock versus Austin. Many people might not know it happened not at WrestleMania, you know. This is their 
full, uh, you know, meeting on pay-per-view. I say full for me. They've had another meeting, of course, Degeneration X in 97. That's cut short because of Austin Stone Cold Stuttering Nation members on top of the uh, Stone Cold truck. It's a shame that man giving uh, instructions to one of the crew on the outside saying, look, wait for Austin to get in the ring and put this belt in my office, okay? And now Stone Cold coming out here in a monster pop. Stone Cold coming out carrying the original WWF Championship. The way he walks out, he's walking out with a purpose as well. I think he's lush. And he's remembered his vest. Credit to him. <clears throat> if you got it at Mania, but he's very fractured now. He's just lobbed the belt across the ring. Shane McMahon's <laughs> called for the bell. And now huge right hands to the rock. Oh, and Shane getting hold of Stone Cold. The distraction proved fruitful so the rock could get back into this. And now right hands by the rock and the crowd already invested into this one. And you see Fatty White Shirt getting up. Yeah, the man in white shirt did get up, we can confirm, for Stone Cold. He did block out part of that row, but... <laughs> oh, no, he's back down, arms crossed. Now he's checking the time. Lufez pressed by Stone Cold. Bang, drops that forearm straight to the throat. Well, oh, Shane. Shane, true to his word, got down only a one count, though. One. Swinging net breaker from the rock. Well, that was lovely, but a great one. Again, you know, both these guys, they may not be the most technically gifted wrestlers, but they're flawless in how they perform in the ring. And they're telling a story is second to none. We you talk about, you know, having it or having that kind of star factor, what takes to be a main eventer. And these two guys had it dripping off them. Do you know what I mean? Just kind oh, of the yeah. way it was. They didn't need anything else. It was just the complete character as well. You know, Austin telling Rocky's number one. Look, it's a throw Rock over the top rope, but Rock turns it around and eliminates Austin from the Rumble. Follows him out. And this is an anything-goes match. Well, and this is a crazy connection between the two as well, because you think you just mentioned Royal Rumble there. Well, Austin, of course, went to WrestleMania 4 in the Rumble 98. He last eliminated The Rock. The Rock then got involved at the end of Rumble 99 for Vincent Mann to win it as well. So they kind of been connected these past couple of years. It's boiled down to backlash. And now The Rock sending Austin to Barry Kay. He's got the fight extinguisher. Oh, straight across the side of the head. And The Rock getting cheered on, Bosh. Not often you see a referee cheering on one of the competitors. But Austin, a tough SOB, doing all he can to try and get up and get back into this. And look how crazy the fans are as well, just for a piece of the action. As Austin fighting back on The Rock now. <laughs> Fucking hell. They've collapsed the set. Well, Rock goes with Austin into it, and it came down like the walls of Jericho. And uh, Rock just <laughs> jumping on Austin with the right hands. All the fans chanting for Austin. And Austin's hurt his wrist there, it's no surprise. And Rock looks to suplex Austin on the concrete. Austin doing all he can to block it and reverse it onto the Rock. Yeah, a huge right hand by Stone Cold. And Austin returning the favour, Irish ripping, Irish whipping Rock into the entranceway this time. Picks up a camera case and just smashes Rock over the back with it. And you can just see the dislike between the two as well. During, I don't know how they managed to uh, showcase it so well. And Austin there, huge close on to Rock, but I think he hit the back of his head. And <laughs> JR referencing Walls of Jericho. Was that the sign of things to come? Uh, Jericho, uh, Jericho, JR is kind of like talent relations, isn't he? It is, he? yeah. So maybe he's been speaking on the phone. He's choking out the rock with a cable. This has been an all-out brawl, but completely different to anything else we've seen. 
Yeah, we've seen, you know, this is kind of like an early days extreme rules. Yeah. You know, we've had three kind of gimmick matches, but they've all been completely different. And that's what has been great to see as well. This is why, you know, so much variation in a weird way. The only thing we haven't seen is like a full technical masterpiece, but I think they tried to maybe do that in the the last two matches and it didn't work well, did it? You know, so. You can see what these fans want. Well, to climb over the barricade to get to Austin. I think some little chav is getting crushed there. I think there is. They're going to break that fucking... Look, it's leaning right... And Austin's got the carrier case. Oh, rolls it straight into Rock's head. And now Austin on top 10 and Shady's number one. Oh, jumps off it trying to take the Rock out. We're getting caught in the midsection. Advantage back to the Rock. Now it's the Rock's turn to send that case into Austin. And Shane has not got involved once, credit to him. No, he has called it right down the middle. And at the moment, the Rock's got the advantage. Oh, the Rock sends Austin into the... Uh, camera boom. Camera boom. And now Rock's going to Irish rip Austin into Barry Cade. Oh, and the Rock springs back out. Only to a clothesline from Austin. It's good to know these two guys are both warriors because neither one's got a clear-cut advantage thus far, you know. It's been... Back and forth each, inflicting as much punishment onto the other as they've had inflicted onto them. And it makes them as strong. It makes them look as strong as each other as well. That's yeah. what the, the beauty of it is. I do love me some back and forth matches. Anyway, Austin bringing the rock down. They've got everywhere in the arena. They're not going to go back to the ring, are they? Well, that'd be boring if they did. Well, during this fight, a wrestling match might break out. Rock sent into the stairs. I don't think these guys in attendance came to see a technical masterpiece. I think they just came to see brawls and fights. They just want to cheer on their heroes. Yeah. And I think that's what wrestling boils down to. People forget. You talk about shades of grey. You talk about, you know, everything. It's no, you want to cheer the people that you like and you want to boo the people you dislike. And it's as simple as that. Whether they're good or bad. Exactly. And Rock goes flying over the top. Well, again, comes charging towards Austin, looking to take him out. But Austin sidestepping him and kind of using his own momentum against him. And then flies off the edge of the ring apron with a lovely clothesline takedown. And the match was briefly in the ring. <laughs> Uh-oh, and now the Spanish announce table. Austin, sort your strap out. Even the King and JR look perfect for the time as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's how I remember them from the Attitude Era. Slightly balls, bells, pausey. And the King still before his heart attack. Exactly. And Austin now is going to look try and put Rock for the announce table. No, the Rock going down low. Rock bottom on the table and it just shatters. Oh, my word. And if the Rock can get Austin in, he's surely... Don't call me Shirley. ...got him beaten. JR's not. Are these, That's are these the weird thoughts that go through your head <laughs> while watching wrestling? Yeah. <laughs> You know when you've seen like a film a I couple of times? And, I think me and you kind of see it in, a, in different lights. Oh, no, we don't. Well, I've never ever once thought to myself, hmm, I wonder if King Lawler's got trousers we on and he's got his see big, it, big cock hanging out. We don't see it, I didn't say anything about that. But I'm saying, and now the Rock's got the announce, the Spanish announce uh, headset. <laughs> <laughs> the King, very funny there. El Trashio. Then if you can speak Spanish, you didn't know. And The Rock has been on commentary. You've seen him singing during matches. Oh. oh! Now he's seen some impartialness from the referee. Austin looks set to grab the chair and wrap it around The Rock's head. Shane caught it. 
threw it to The Rock and Austin managed to uh, de-chair him. And then The Rock with just a huge clothesline out of the concrete. The Rock going down low to the midsection of Austin. Now the ref instructing uh, one competitor to throw the other competitor in the ring to get the three count. Yeah, well Shane's saying, come on, you got him beaten. And Austin thrown over about all the debris from the announce tables. And now Rock's in an Austin into the announce table. And Joe saying, wait a minute, you can do it to the Spanish, but don't do it to us. We need a table, goddammit. Looks like Jim Ross has just had to do his trousers up. <laughs> and then Rock has got Austin now. See, JR is wearing trousers. Yes, James, well done. And the Rock, who's done it all. He's done commentary. He's done singing. And now, wait a minute. Taking a camera. He wants to get an extreme close-up of Austin. He's got the film on Austin. Oh, and he's giving him the finger. And he's looking at the crowd now, and it's Rock TV, and he thinks it's so good. Oh, Austin! (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely fucking brilliant visual that was. Austin stunned Rock, camera in hand. We know what it feels like now to get a stunner. Well, the announce table didn't break, but I think the bodies did. Austin staggering out of there from beyond the announce table. Well, never before, never again. So many fucking cables down there as well. Oh, loads, isn't there? A first-person stunner. <clears throat> Austin throwing a rock in. And Austin now wanting a rock to get to his feet. Thinks the end's coming. Rock staggering to his feet. Stunner! Oh, oh no, the rock pushed Austin into Shane O'Mac. And then walks into a rock bottom... And if he, Rock can get the sh- hand over, he'll get the count. And Shane, no, putting the hand over to... Oh! oh. Only a two count because Austin managed to kick out. Two? Ah! Why did Shane cheat then? I cannot believe it. And he's not finished yet. What a war this has been. And Shane's got the double the title. The Smokers Gold Belt's called in Shane's office. And Shane O'Max waiting for Austin to get back to his feet. <clears throat> He's not going to be as impartial as we thought. And he wants to clean the clock of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, but Austin ducked out the way. Shane O'Max caught the rock. He's got his arm over. One, two. And oh. he screws Austin again. Just like Survivor Series. And Shane giving Austin the finger. And He's Shane... from behind. Shane running away. And wait a minute, who's that behind? It's Vince McMahon, Shane's daddy. As he brushes past his son. And Shane realising Vince has got the smoking skull belt. Oh! Clocks his son over the head with so much force. (laughs) He falls on him. And Austin's shouting, what the fuck, over the ring. Well, Vince took him out and, oh, rock with a title belt to Austin's head. Oh, Hebler making his way in. One, two. No, Austin kicks out. Ah. Well, Vince looking on. And the Rock's just going to go about his business. Shane is out. Rock's got the title belt. Stunner! <laughs> the Rock gets his feet. And so- Austin hits him with the title. One, two, three. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Stone Cold wins. 
And Vince McMahon's got the title bell. Looks like he's got a tough decision to make here. Well, Austin wins and the rock sell after the stunner into the title bell. <laughs> and what a match, but we'll talk well, about that in a minute. Austin and Vince have locked eyes. Yeah, we'll talk about the match in a minute because, like I said, Vince is down at ringside. And Vince has put the title belt in the ring. And he's given Austin back the Smoking Skull title. And now Austin's got both championships and celebrates and Vince has done the right thing. Wow, Dan, what did you think of that match? I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Perfect storytelling between the two. You know, you know, these are two guys that definitely hate each other. It was the third kind of uh, hardcore style match of the night, but it was completely different to the other two. Um you know, the storytelling throughout the whole match was perfect as well. You know, Shane's involvement, you see him think, well, you know, I think actually meant that he wanted to be impartial at the beginning of it. He was that confident in the rock. But when the tide kind of turned, it was it was like, oh, hang on a minute. I, I think I might need to help him here. So, you know, you see it with the chair, you see it with the title shot. And, uh, you know, both times he comes unstuck and Vince McMahon's timing and his part in this as well is absolutely great as well yeah, without a doubt it's been a fantastic main event you know really cracking match between the two better than their Wrestlemania 15 effort I would I would say uh, and, and a sign of things to come between the two but as a pay-per-view as a whole let's look back on it then and the, uh, talk about let's just give it quick ratings as well the first match Brood versus Midian and the Acolytes Dan <coughs> I, I, I was more happy of uh more happy in seeing Edge and Christian and, the, you know, the talents that they've got. They're certainly, you know, very good workers even early on in their careers as well. Uh, you know, as far as uh, Midian and Gangrel, you know, they're, they're still not really great. And the APA, I think they're going to be better when they become like, you know, the Acolyte Protection Agency as opposed to the Acolytes themselves. I gave that a three out of five. Yeah, I gave that a three out of five. Well, not a bad way to start. Al Snow versus Harkor Holly for the Harkor title. For me, maybe went a little bit long, but it was quite enjoyable and different, like we said, to everything else that we saw. For me, again, it went for the Harkor title match. What about you? I gave that a three and a half out of five. I thought it was quite an entertaining, fun match, and it was a good storytelling as well. And then the Godfather put the Intercontinental title on the line versus Gold Dust. Um, this match, it was. I think it was a bit more light-hearted fun. You know, you see kind of like the jesting about, the joking about and that, and uh, I didn't really see much past the hose. No, you didn't. What was your score? I gave it a 3 out of 5. I gave it a 3 out of 5 as well. Then the New Age Outlaws versus Jarrett and Hart. A basic tag team match. You're looking for the hot tag for Billy Gunn. The right tag team one with Billy Gunn famous, uh, whilst uh, Owen had the sharpshooter, which is a pretty cool move. Very sad to feel it was Owen Hart's last pay-per-view, uh, but you can tell he's a worker. Uh, how, how good he was. Uh, the Outlaws winning, setting up the X-Buck versus K match, I think it's great as well. I gave it a three out of five again. Uh, I gave that a three and a half out of five. I thought it was a very well-worked match. Um, you know, you can see there's a lot of talent in that ring. And, yeah, it was it was a good match. <laughs> uh, Big Show versus Mankind. I thought this was a very, very entertaining match. Both guys performed really well. You know, you can see... The giant B or the big show kind of being his, uh, you know, strong dominating self. I think he inflicted a lot of punishment on mankind, but mankind, you know, he's he's someone that you, you have to do something really serious yeah. to keep the motherfucker down. Yeah. And, you know, the kind of way he crawled out of there, you see the blood prints on the wall and everything. It was it was absolutely brilliant. 
I gave that a four out of five. I gave that three and three quarters out of five. Uh, then we had Triple H vs. X Puck, really slow, really boring in parts, but did tell a good story in the end. And Triple H really made sense. It did like the Kane uh, interference coming out, a bit like the Intercontinental Title match, we should say, with the Goldust getting blinded, the Blue Meanie. The interference tonight was acceptable in my eyes, rather than kind of too much, if you know what I mean. Uh, and I think the Triple H showed that. I gave it a three and a half out of five, even though it could have been better. Uh, I gave that a three and a half out of five as well. It was a bit long, good ending, but a solid match nonetheless. And then Shamrock versus Yantaker. This was far too long. The story could have been told in ten minutes less. Uh, Taker took too much of a beating for my liking, you know, to be put over as a legitimate badass, so to speak, and, you know, kind of like the leader of the uh, the ministry as well. What I gave your... that a three out of five. Yeah, I gave that a three out of five as well. Uh, for the same reasons as you. I think what missed out in that match, the main event kind of took on, and you talk about the kind of chemistry between the two. I could have watched these guys fight for fucking 24 hours, you know what I mean, for a whole day, and I wouldn't get bored because they bring something different. Even the kind of camera bringing into it, something we've never seen before, never again, just kind of so smart for them to do it. And Shane's interference, you know, hitting the rock, Rock's not going to be happy about that, even better. Uh, and Vincent Mann being involved, you know, just tells a great story and it gets sense of fans home happy, the right person won, in a great match as well. You know, it was a match of the night for me. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. What did you score it? I gave that four and a half out of five. Yeah, uh, as you say, you know, brilliant storytelling. It was a great match. You could tell both of these guys, they have a lot of love and passion for the business. And even kind of like, you know, the little Vince McMahon twist at the end as well, you know, for someone who hated Austin that much. You can see he didn't want to, but he just, you know, threw the smoker's goal. He didn't present it to him, as, you know, a lot of other people would have done. But, you know, he just chucked it in the ring and said, look, you know, you've earned this. Yeah. I also gave that a four and a half out of five. Uh, yeah, it's been brilliant, hasn't it? What's your score for pay-per-view out of ten, then, as we see Austin celebrating? I wanted to give it a seven, seven and a half, but I think it deserves an eight for, you know, the main event and for the show of Mankind match alone. You know, the other matches... They were solid, you know, they, some of them went on a bit too long, but, you know, they, they weren't terrible matches. Without a doubt, you know, looking back at this pay-per-view, uh, it's, not a ba- it's not a pay-per-view I watch all the time, but if you are to go watch, look back at it, it's not the worst Attitude Era pay-per-view, you know, we have seen worse, plus it's, it's got the, the big match in the end, is, is worth, it's, it's two and a half hour runtime anyway, do you know what I mean, that's what I find with it. Uh, well, put it this way, it's the length of an episode of Raw. Exactly, without a doubt, you know, so <laughs> I'll give it an eight out. As we see Austin celebrate here and uh, what a night it's been. And I'm just glad we see nothing horrible or tragic happen. And we go to limousine and Stephanie's in it now. And Safe and sound with a smile on her face. Security three policemen. still in place. Four policemen. Oh, hang on a minute. Well, here come the ministry and the policemen saying, go and leave. Where to, Stephanie? Oh no! My God, the Undertaker's abducting Stephanie McMahon, and Vince doesn't even know it. Vince! Oh God! Vince! Oh God, no! What? No! The Undertaker's got Stephanie. What is going on? 
Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> I love that bit. He has taken Stephanie, but man doesn't know. He's there watching Stone Cold. And Untaker's kidnapped Stephanie. What a way to end a paper. What a cliffhanger. You that thinking... is, it makes you want to watch Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Where to, Stephanie? I absolutely love that moment. Inside. And that is quite an iconic wrestling <laughs> moment as well, isn't it? Yeah. It's brilliant, and it will lead to something even bigger. And, Dan, what's exciting about that is, do you want to watch one of the most iconic Attitude Era moments in WF history? Hell yeah. Well, let's get to it. It's episode four, episode 309, and it's April 26th. And we're in Hartford, Connecticut, and the attendance is 11,981, and it's Jim Ross and Jim Cornette on commentary. Well, it's the night after Backlash, and Steve Austin is still WWF champion. The big story, other than that, was the stuff that happened after the main event. Stephanie was sent to a waiting limo, but the driver was the Undertaker. In other words, we've got a huge moment coming tonight, which happens to be one of my favourite moments ever on Raw. Let's get to it. We open a recap of Vince knocking Shane out and inadvertently keeping the title on Austin. The Stooges and a disturbed Vince get out of a limo. And then we get the opening sequence. And here's The Rock to get things going after saying, Finally! Rock says he has to give Austin respect when it's due. Therefore, Austin will will forever be the biggest piece of trailer park to ever walk God's green earth. Rock gave Austin the beating of his life last night but now he has a problem a 200 pound sack of monkey waste called Shane McMahon he told Shane not to get involved and here is Shane here is Shane with the corporation well Shane gets in the rock's face and blames rock for wasting too much time last night being the rock instead of pinning Austin now rock stands in front of him as a loser rock to remove his sunglasses and threaten to do something very uncomfortable to Shane with the Brahma Bulls horns well, they're about to go, but Rock has to deal with the corporation after punching Triple H in China. Bossman gets in a cheap shot with a nightstick, and they're all on the Rock. Shane fires Rock from the corporation, basically cementing his face turn. The corporation leaves, but Rock challenges Shane to a fight later tonight. Shane says it's on, and the fans are even more into the Rock now. So the face turn of the Rock is now official, being kicked out of the corporation uh, it's it's a great thing, like I said, his popularity is so much that you couldn't hold on to it anymore. Anyway, Pat Patterson suggests Vince call the cops. Vince says no because he wants to do this the Untaker's way. He has some papers that the Untaker has demanded and says he has no other option. Well, after a break, Vince and the Stooges are waiting on Undertaker to call. The corporation gives Shane a pep talk. He wants a rock jersey in Triple H, the Croc. And our first match is The Brood versus X-Puck and Kane. Well, it's non-title. JR plugs a title match on the upcoming SmackDown special this Thursday, but won't say what channel it's on. Edge Spinwheel kicks X-Puck down to start and sidesteps a charge in the corner. Gangrel comes in and hammers away before getting two off a power slam. Two. X-Puck gets a boot up in the corner and the hot tag brings in Kane. The top right clothesline fattens Gangrel and Christian is dragged in front of the floor. A choke slam is enough to pin Edge. Well, post-match, the brood's red light comes on and Kane gets a bloodbath. Kane chokeslams X-Pac onto the crowd, 
because he was the only one in sight when the lights came back on. Well, Vince phone rings and we go to a break. Back with a recap of the phone call. And, of course, we can hear everything The Undertaker says. Vince says Undertaker can have what he wants. Control and interest of the WF. Undertaker threatens Vince with hurting Stephanie. If Vince screws with him, he calls Stephanie his soulmate and tells Vince to bring the dock near a hotel. One more thing. He wants Austin to deliver the documents. Vince says he can't do that, but Undertaker calls out Vince's problem and hangs up. Well, here's Austin for an interview with Michael Cole. Michael asks about Austin overcoming the odds, but Austin tells him to get out of the ring. Austin says he beat Rock on his own, and that's all he has to say about that. And cue Vince before Austin can go any further, and Steve looks very confused. Vince asks Austin Austin for help with the Undertaker situation. Situation. And Austin chuckles a bit. So Vincent Mann asking Austin for help. Never thought I'd see the day. It is a stone-cold day in hell. Well, Austin says he's got his own problems. He doesn't really care what happens to Vince and his daughter. The boss pleases his case and Austin relishes the fact that Vince needs him. He makes Vince says he needs him, but Austin brings up the war over the last year. Plus, based on that, Vince is on his own tonight. And you can't really blame Stone Cold. Not at all, no. And uh, Val Venus versus D'Lo Brown is the next match. And we look at Heat from last night where Nicole Bass says she wanted to sleep with Val. Brown runs in before Val can get in a catchphrase, but Venus goes after the arm to take over. That goes nowhere as Brown takes him to the mat for a leg drop and two. Two. Venus comes back with a slam but gets Crotch going for the money shot. A superplex gets two for Brown. Two. But Val grabs a quick Russian leg sweep, loads up some grinding, but Bass comes out for a distraction allowing Brown to hit the sky high for the pin. Well, the match didn't have time to go anywhere, and this was more about the story than anything else. Bass was there as a freak show act, and the announcers treated her as nothing else. Nothing to the match here, and both guys are capable of having so much better than this mess. Well, Brown's valet Ivory goes after Bass for revenge from Bass beating her up on heat, and it doesn't go that well. Well, Big Show thinks Austin should help Vince. And Billy Gunn is coming for Triple H to avenge X-Pac. And that is our next match, Triple H versus Billy Gunn. And Gunn gets stomped down in the corner but comes back with a drop kick and right hands. A leg drag of all things put Gunn down and Triple H has a target. The knee is wrapped round the post and a chop block has Gunn in even more trouble. Triple H slowly stomps on the knee and yells at the crowd a lot. There's a figure four with Triple H holding the ropes but Gunn finally rolls over to escape. Gunn makes a comeback with right hands followed by a big power slam for two. Two. They head to the floor where China loudly posts Gunn. Drawing out Road Dog to get in China's face, and the pedigree ends badass. Well, it's a slow match here, but Triple H looked good and evil for the most part. His push is coming and going after his old DX friends is a good way to get him ready. The feud hasn't been the most interesting in the world, but is there to set up something much bigger in the future. Gun was his usual self here. Shane whispers something to Bossman. And X-Puck is looking for Kane. And Mankind and Big Show versus Test and Big Bossman is our next match. Well, Mankind beat Big Show in a boiler room brawl last night. Ghost from an attack by Big Bossman slash Test. Yes, Test. This Test. This is Test. He hands on Mankind to start but drops to the mat. Allow Mankind to score with a leg drop. Off to the Bossman for nothing of note before Test comes back in. Mankind lands in the back of the head to knock him into the corner. But Big Bossman doesn't look interested in tagging. Well, not that it matters as he tags himself in a few seconds later. Bossman hammers away in the corner, but rams heads with Mankind to put both guys down. The hot tag brings in the big show, running over to Test. That's fine with Show as he calls for the choke slam, but Bossman hits Show low. Big Show hits a jumping double clothesline to take both of them down, 
allowing Mankind to hit the double arm DDT on test, followed by the Mandible Claw for the win. Well, the fans were into the good guys, but the match was sort of a mess. At the end of the day, Test and Bossman weren't the most interested guys in the world at this point. There wasn't much of a match. Mankind looked good out there, and Big Show getting a hot tag to clean houses, something that will always work, because he's fucking massive. Yes, and Test and Bossman getting each other's faces post-match, and Bossman hits him with a nightstick. <laughs> i tell you what, the corporation members are going down recently, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Vince is is waiting with the documents. And X-Pac is still looking for Kane. Well, Bob Holly beats up Al Snow and demands a rematch for the hardcore title. We go to a black and white scene at the Cleavage house. Beaver Cleavage, formerly Mosh of the Headbangers, doesn't like his breakfast, but his mother offers her some of his milk. It's as creepy as it sounds. Yes, yeah, getting breastfed. Uh, up next is the Godfather versus Jeff Jack. That is everybody. J E double F J A double R E a double T. It's a non-title match again. Before the match, Jarrett asks to make it a title match, but Godfather says Deborah has to be a hoe if he wins. Apparently, it's on, and this is now a title match. Yeah, it's a title match. And the Godfather in a long sleeve golden shirt runs to start and gets two. Two. Off of a leg drop. Jeff comes back by sending Godfather into the ropes for a running crutch attack to the back of the head. Val Venus comes out and hits on Deborah, drawing out Nicole Bass to chase Venus off. The distraction allows Godfather to roll Jeff up for the pin to retain. Well, Owen Hart gets Deborah out of there, even though she seemed to like the idea of being a hoe. <clears throat> no comment. Well, Vince is doing exactly what he was doing the last time we checked on him, waiting with the documents. An ex looking for Kane. Terry and Jacqueline are about to have their way with meat, Sean Stajak. This is set to what would become Sexual Chocolate's Mark Henry's music. And Bradshaw versus Ken Shamrock is our next match. And this is the fallout from the Acolytes attacking Shamrock last night. Shamrock comes out carrying a ball bat, but Fruit jumps in from behind. Tess comes out for a save, and the Acolytes bail. Shamrock and Tess look at each other in a sign of respect. Shamrock destroys some stuff with a bat, but no match. Up next is the match we've all been waiting for. <laughs> Shane McMahon versus The Croc. I never thought we would see this match, but we are. And Shane... With grapefruits the same size as his old man, going to face the great one. He's saying, bring it on right now. The Rock's out here. And Shane straight off the bat, but gets <laughs> dropped by The Rock. Not once, not twice, but three times. Well, and now The Rock's got Shane right into the turnbuckle. And The Rock is not happy about losing his opportunity last night. And now he's got Shane in the corner. He's working the stumps. And he's beating the piss out of Shane. But here comes the Mean Street Posse. Rodney and Pete Gas. I'll oh, see you later, Pete Gas. He gets rock bottomed. And Rodney One might for do Rodney better. Rodney too. No, he didn't. Well, Shane's friend's just been taken out. Oh, now it's Shane's turn to get dropped again by the Rock. And now Rock looking to finish things here, maybe. Rock bottom time. Bang gets planted. But that's not enough for the Rock. He wants to do not the corporate elbow, James. But the people's elbow. We haven't seen it in months. The most electrified move in sports entertainment goes into the crowd. Oh, oh but Triple H from behind. Well, he's already beaten Billy Gunn tonight, but he's moved on to the rock now. Here comes China and Triple H with cheap, well, let's say cheap shots to the rock. The rock fighting back now. No, China from behind ruining this. And now Triple H for the pedigree. Plants the rock. 
And Triple H just planting the rock and now giving El Hebner shit. China with kicks. And this is definitely a new corporation leading the charge. And now Timmy White and Teddy Long coming out here. Well, the fans are certainly behind <laughs> Rock trying to get him back into this. All the refs are being restrained as Triple H is beating down the Rock. And then just a massive low blow by Triple H. And no one is coming out here to save the Rock now. Well, has he burnt too many bridges by joining the corporation? No, I think you're right. And look at what Triple H has done to X-Puck and Billy Gunn recently. You know, only Road Dog really left a DX at the moment. And Shane's showing what the corporation's all about. Some Triple H and a rock. So they go back to... They were friends for maybe two weeks. And now back to being rivals. So we've seen the rock as a hill. Had a brief face turn. Turned back as a hill. And now he's a face again. Yeah, and we saw Triple H as a hill. And then turned to a face. And then back to a hill again now. An Austin face. And Austin's just been Austin. Vince leaves the garage. And the ministry drags Stephanie wearing a long black dress into the building. Paul Bearer is carrying a big book. Well, here's X-Puck to call out Kane. He looks at the entrance but gets jumped from behind by Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett. The lights go out and Kane makes a save. X-Puck asks Kane what his problem is and gets chokeslammed too. But Kane carries his buddy off. Oh my god, and now look at this. The ministry carrying out Stephanie on the Untaker symbol. The Untaker said... He would sacrifice Stephanie, but I think he's got other plans for her right now. Demonic, satanic, and the Undertaker's having his way. McMahon's in a secluded location somewhere. Well, Vince McMahon thought he was meeting the uh, the Undertaker, as you say, by the... but I think Undertaker had different plans, or his ministry certainly do. But they've got Stephanie, and she's on the cross, and, and this is bad. Do you think Stephanie's cross at the moment? Oh, I think she's furious down at the moment in time. And they're setting her up on that top rope. And there's the Undertaker looking on ominously. Easy for me to say. Very easy for you to say. And there's no one here to protect her. And they've got her now caught up on those top ropes. This is sickening. A poor, innocent woman being held against her will. And Stephanie's screaming on for help. But there's no one there. And the Untaker's plan all along was to have Stephanie. Now he's finally got her. I'd like to question who undressed her and dressed her in that black robe. Well, the Untaker say, let the ceremony begin. And this is on Mr. McMahon's head. Not his, because Austin didn't make it through. And the fans chant for Austin, but this is unholy. Oh, my God. And Paul and Stephanie's going to be married to The Undertaker. Well, Stephanie's saying no, she doesn't want any part of the marriage. Ken Shamrock coming down to make the save, but he's immediately cut off by the Acolytes and splashed by Viscera. Well, Shamrock tried to help, and Shane's telling the corporation to stay back. Well, Bossman and Triple H can't believe it. Well, he's going to take everything, mind, body, and soul. Oh, my God. He's going to bear her offspring and Antigua's getting ready. Well, the big show's on his way down and he's having more luck than Shamrock did. Well, now Vista's going after him, but big show fighting him off. And there's Superkick and Bradshaw there, but Untaker's got sank in his hand. Well, the Untaker's got the baseball bat. And that was Ken Shamrock who brought that in to come back to haunt him. And now Paul Bear's going to finish off the ceremony. 
Now he's going to kiss the bride. Oh, but Austin's music hits. He takes out Midian on the ramp. And goes st- straight after Undertaker. And now it's Undertaker and Austin. And the Undertaker getting out of harm's way. Austin with Midian. Hits him with the stunner. Oh. Hits Bradshaw with the chair. Farouk with the chair. He's taking that move to get off the viscera. Hits him with the chair. Another one for Midian. Well, Austin did the right thing in the end. Well, as JR said, he didn't do it for McMahon. He did it for what? The unholy wedding couldn't go down. Right for Austin. <laughs> <laughs> you're sick, you are. I like your thinking. Yeah. And the Undertaker taking Stephanie off that cross. And Undertaker has saved Stephanie. And Stephanie is off the Undertaker symbol. And she gives, <laughs> she gives Austin a huge hug, and Austin doesn't even know what to do with that. <laughs> well, Austin just did it because that was what's right. And he saved Stephanie, and that's a hero. Now Vince McMahon coming in. Well, what does Vince McMahon do with this? Does he give Austin a hug as well? He's so relieved to see his daughter. Well, Austin is saying McMahon, he's looking on. And McMahon's and a, saying... And a thank you from Vince McMahon to Austin... Who would have thought we'd have seen that? <laughs> I know. But what a moment. As soon as takes, you know, he's going to take off the uh, the robe, so to speak, and Austin's music hits, and all of a sudden, you know, the, the place goes crazy. What a moment that is in the Attitude Era as well. And it shows you what a good guy really is. You know, the Untaker is so evil, and Austin's standing up to it. It's just brilliant.
brilliant storytelling. Anything else to add to that fantastic moment, Dan? No. All right, so we move on from that, and it's April 27th, 1999, and it aired April 29th, and it is the SmackDown pilot. Oh, I, don't, I don't see this catching on. From New Haven, Connecticut, and your hosts are Michael Cole and Jim Cornette. But let's just watch the opening. Well, we've never seen SmackDown before, so we don't know what the titles look like. Another thing I love about WF is that they actually give you a proper fucking video of stuff that has happened these past couple of weeks so you know what's going on. Yeah. Music as well and the production values. It just shows you. That they've spent time on this, you know. Yeah. It is going back, telling you the story, right. So you know exactly what's gone on. You know, you might have been a bit hazy. You might have been zoning out on some bits of it. But, you know, you know that you're fully caught up on what's happening. Without a doubt. Now here's Smackdown. Well, the SmackDown theme would stay the same, but there are a couple of major differences. Major differences? Between this and the first episode. First thing being, it's obviously just a raw set, and they've recorded it after they've done their, their show. Yeah. And, of course, Red Ropes as well. But it's something different. Like Thunder with WWE, we now have the pilot of SmackDown. Well, Vincent Stephanie McMahon come out and talks about the his business decisions he says tonight is the first step in gaining control of his company and he starts thanking some people for their help including ken shamrock big show and stone cold steve austin stephanie talks about the torment she suffered from the undertaker and she thanks austin for saving her well she hopes undertaker burns in hell and shane man comes out with a corporation shane says his corporation would have helped his sister and it makes him sick that vince is thanking austin he says when it comes to business he doesn't care about austin his father or his sister Vince goes to nail Shane, but Triple H in China block the way. Shane orders Vince and Stephanie to leave since he is running the show. Well, Vince and Stephanie do leave, and Shane mocks them as they make their way to the back. Shane claims Austin and The Rock are tied on the top of his hit list. So and The Rock to team up tonight. He asks for volunteers, and Triple H accepts. Well, Shane looks for another partner, and the lights go out. The Undertaker's on the screen and he claims Austin stuck his nose where he had no business. He says Austin is playing spoiler, but Undertaker is judge, juror and executioner. Shane says Rock and Austin versus Triple H and the Undertaker is official for tonight. Oh. Well, our first match is Val Venus versus Jeff Jarrett. That's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E with Zebra. And Zebra? Debra. <laughs> and uh, Jarrett is replacing Owen Hart, who has gone missing, but Blue Blazer comes out and attacks Venus. Blazer officials Blazer officially takes over and hits a backdrop. Well Jarrett comes in as Debra continues distracting the ref and goes low on Venus, allowing Bra- Blazer to cradle him for free. Well, Blue Blazer a bait and switch in the opening match, early ninety nine WF in a nutshell. The match was too short to amount to anything and we sadly know the thing went. After the match, Nicole Bass comes out and chases Val. Godfather then makes his way out and wants Deborah, but Jarrett clips him, allowing Blazer to hit a leg lariat. Stroke by Jarrett and Blazer hits a second rope elbow drop. They continue to stomp away on Godfather and leave him lying. Well, Blue Blazer says the WF needs him and he wonders where Owen Hart is. He says they're thinking the WF is deplorable and they need a superhero. <coughs> and our next match is Big Show versus the 
versus test. Versus the test, the test. Test, this is test. Big boot by test, and he hammers away on show as Big Boss Man makes his way out, dropping it by show, and he hits the choke slam for free. <laughs> well, and the winner is obviously Big Show, and it's just a quick squash for show. Again, not much to this. Well, after the match, Big Boss Man goes after test, but show returns, forcing Big Boss Man to bail. The Rock comes out and says Triple H and Shaman Man checked into the SmackDown Hotel and they won't check out without a boot in their ass. He threatens to do the same thing to Steve Austin and Austin comes out. Austin says Rock will always be a punk kick that spits out nursery rhymes. He says he would roast the Brahma Ball if given the chance. Now Shaman Man comes out and claims their fighting helps him when his plans are getting bigger and better. Now Undertaker comes out and stands by side by side with Shane. The corporation and the ministry come out and declare themselves the corporate ministry. Wow, so that is the start of the corporate ministry there. It's kind of weird, the picture we've paused on right now is the Undertaker and Shane kind of half and half. And we talk about is the Undertaker behind Shane McMahon or is Shane McMahon apart with the Undertaker with the corporate ministry becoming together. That is an absolute <laughs> sick fucking image. Take a picture yeah, of So the core formed, and one of those stables that were kind of the biggest thing of my childhood. Well, X-Pac claims things tonight will be unpredictable, and he doesn't declare his allegiance to Kane or DX. Well, draws with Prince Albert versus Dino Brown with Ivory. Sky high by Brown, and he goes up. Albert shoves him off the top as the ref was distracted. Droz is knocked into Albert and Brown catches both with a slingshot Pescado on the floor. Back in and Brown slams Droz and he goes up. Albert catches him with a sit-out press slam for the DQ. Albert goes to pierce Brown, but Mark Henry saves him. Well, winner by DQ, Dilo Brown. And he actually got to work a match and it was decent for three minutes it got. Well, Road Dog says tonight could get a little wacky since he's facing his friend X-Pac. Billy Gunn gets mad since there are no friends when it comes to the tag titles and he tells Road Dog to get his head on straight. And the WF tag team title match X Buck and Kane versus the New Age Al and Billy Gunn. Well Road Dog goes low to block a choke slam attempt and Gunn hits a famous off for two. Two as X Pack saves. Gunn hammers away on X Pack and he goes to press him, but Kane shoves Road Dog into Gunn, causing X Pack to fall on top for the three. Your winners are still tag team champions X Buck and Kane. The work we're here was okay, but the entire match was spent around the idea of both teams not getting along, so they couldn't get the crowd invested in the actual wrestling when two of the same angles was going on. Well, the outlocker room and officials have to come in and prevent it from becoming physical. Well, Doc Hendricks brings out the brood for an interview. Gangrel says following the Untaker didn't work out, and now they seek inner light and a power within. Christian refuses to speak, and Ed says it's only a matter of time until they find the power. Edge warns Doc Hendricks to... Beware since the freaks come out at night. Hendrix calls them a gimmick which Gangrel laughs off. The lights go out and when they come back on, Hendrix is shown to have been given the bloodbath. Kendrick raises the fight and he promises to break Bradshaw's body and spirit. So up next is a street fight and it's street fight and it's Bradshaw versus Ken Shamrock. Shamrock attacks from behind as Bradshaw was coming out and he sends Bradshaw into the post. Shamrock then grabs a baseball bat and swings but Bradshaw moves. Back in, Bradshaw drives the bat into the gut and the back of Shamrock. Shamrock clips Bradshaw again and he swings the bat into the midsection and head of Bradshaw. Shamrock chokes Bradshaw with the baseball bat and Bradshaw passes out. 
Sergeant Slaughter tries to save Bradshaw, but Shamrock attacks him with the bat for doing so. And your winner is Can Shamrock, and this actually paid off the finish to the Shamrock Undertaker backlash match as, Undertaker, uh, as Shamrock got a decisive win and extracted revenge on Bradshaw. Finally, St. Positive and unbelievably some good booking. Well, Mankind explains who he is, and he'll and he says he'll drive Mr. Socko down Big Bossman's gullet because he can. And that leads us to Big Bossman versus Mankind. Mankind and he jumps on Mankind in the ropes. Double arm DDT by Mankind and he goes for the mandible claw, but Bossman bails. Tess comes out and rolls him back in, allowing Mankind to roll him up for two. Two. Well, Big Bossman hammers away, but Mankind pulls him to the floor to end that. Big Show comes out now and he presses Big Bossman into the ring. Mandible claw by Mankind and Bossman is done. And the winner is Mankind and another short match, but this was noteworthy because it launched one of the worst factions in history. The Union. Oh, the Union. We'll have more of that in next month's episode. Billy Gunn attacks X-Pac in the locker room, but Kane pulls him off. I thought he was going to help out, but he's going to help out X-Pac, not, you know. Yes, Triple H and The Undertaker <laughs> with Shane McMahon, Paul Bearer, China and the Mean Street Posse versus The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, so it's our last main event. And what a main event it is when you think about The Undertaker and Triple H going against Austin and The Rock with so many different factors in the corporate ministry being born here tonight. And I just want to hear the difference between the reaction between Rock and Austin as well, face level, if you know what I mean. The Rock coming out here, and of course, he's loved by the fans. And he's gone straight into it, hasn't he? Do you know what I mean? Straight into that face role of he's not really changed that much, but he's definitely got a uh, cause now. He wants to get back at Shane and Triple H. And I loved it earlier as well, Austin saying to The Rock, like, I would still get you, but at the moment we've got... You know, enemies. Bigger fish to fly. Yeah. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. And The Rock here. And he's not going to get in yet with the Untaken Triple H. And the Untaken Triple H going after The Rock. And The Rock fighting off both men at the moment. <laughs> here comes the rattlesnake. Yeah, he gets a bigger pop. Yeah, and the crowd definitely into this. And Triple H going to go meet him. And Austin taking a head off of Triple H. Wailing away with a huge right hands. And we talk about Triple H's push, and now he's involved with three of the biggest stars in the company right now. As un- three of the biggest stars over the last year. Without a doubt, The Undertaker and The Rock going out in ring. And Austin going after The Undertaker. And that might actually have been a mistake, The Undertaker the big right hands. So only that is that um, corporate ministry have got a lot of help ringside as well. Without a doubt, they've just grown in numbers. Talk about corporation members not being there at the moment, and it's made up with ministry members now. It is the true force. We talked about it leading up to us 2015. Now they've joined forces. It's something we never thought we would see. I never thought we'd see Austin and Rock teaming up after the wars. They've had the past couple of pay-per-views as well. Triple H working on Austin in the corner. Austin comes straight back at Triple H. Backs him up into the corner. Huge Irish whip reversed by Triple H. Austin springs out, ducks a clothesline attempt, looking for a stunner, but Triple H pushes it off. Irish rips Austin into a huge knee. Now Triple H just slamming Austin. Looking to drop the knee on his head, Austin moves out of the way. Irish whip by Austin. A knee to the jaw from Triple H. And Triple H showing that he can go with Stone Cold, goes for the cover, but Austin managing to kick out. Ah. Now Triple H just working Austin over in the corner. So what was you thinking then when, because obviously, you know, you was an avid fan at this point. What was you thinking when they, when they um, launched kind of like SmackDown? Oh, the so SmackDown thing was weird because 
we couldn't get it on, on Sky, and it wasn't until a couple of months later. So it seemed when it first started as well that they had all the best matches on there, and we kept missing out until it eventually came. And then you, you don't even think about it now. You used to get you get your shows live now, don't you? Do you know what yeah. I mean? But back then, it was a bit difficult. With SmackDown, it was just a bit odd because we had Raw every, I think, Friday about 10 o'clock. And then with SmackDown, you can never really had it. And then it came on Saturdays after a while. So we just saw clips of this at this time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we weren't really sure what was going on. But the corporate, the corporate ministry, John, it was a huge thing. when I, I remember when I was young, I think, oh, my God. As The Rock gets a tag in from Austin, but gets cut off quickly by Triple H. Cause he tags so, in Undertaker. Well, Triple H and The Rock know each other so well. Didn't Triple H and The Rock team up recently? Yeah, they teamed a couple of weeks ago. And the Undertaker caught by a clothesline by The Rock. Oh. Undertaker plants The Rock with a huge DDT. Goes for the cover. Two. Oh, only a two count. Two. Just that the Undertaker turns it around, but he's definitely got eyes for Stone Cold. And now Undertaker Irish ripping The Rock. And The Rock hits his own DDT. Goes for a cover on Taker. Two. No, Triple H in to break it up. Now the Undertaker with right hands and the separations. With the ministry, how long, Dan, have they been in cahoots for, you know? All these shenanigans going on and a double clothesline by the Undertaker and The Rock. Austin desperate for the tag. Undertaker sits up as The Rock struggling to get to a vertical base. And a crowd firmly behind The Rock at this one. Ice ripping to the corner. Rock ducks underneath. Looking for The Rock bottom, but Triple H in to stop that. And that brings Austin into. Stomp away at Triple H. <laughs> and he is stomping a mud hole, walking it dry. As the Undertaker's stomping his own mud hole in the rock. Oh, but here come the rest of the corporate ministry now. Numbers game. Oh, the Acolytes, Midian, Viscera. you got the Mean Street Posse at ringside as well. Yeah, boss man there working side by side. But Shamrock. And Test and Big Show. The union's coming out here to help out, and they're clearing the ring. And now it's just it's Triple H and Taker in there. Triple the H. Rock eliminates Triple H from the Rumble. Irish Rip reverse, though, says Austin into the ring ropes, into a big boot. Well, referee's called this one, but Antaker and Austin still going for it. Triple H and Rock going into the crowd. Antaker's trying to go for the tombstone. Stunner, Austin looking for the stunner, but get caught. Buying a taker and then a choke slam on Austin. And here comes Vince. Shoving match between father and son. Vince blocks the right from Shane. Decks him with a right of his own. Well, I think that happened. And now Vince is going to go in there with the Undertaker. Oh, he stopped the chair, but this is not good. Oh! Undertaker <laughs> clocks the bot to the head. Well, Vince tried to do the right thing. But Vince is out. And Undertaker's taken out not only Vincent Mann, but Stone Cold here tonight. Austin's up low. Stunner! <laughs> oh, and Shane Lowe going over to Vince. And now the big right hands, and Vince is out. Well, Austin's music playing, and Shane just slapping Vince. <laughs> and Austin's saying, come on now. Austin telling Shane Lowe Mac that he's number one. And Shane's been caught. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> right, Stunner for Shane O'Mac. Right next to his old man. And Austin's the last man standing again. 
And what is wrong with that, Dan? It's brilliant, isn't it? Absolutely fucking lush. <laughs> the rattlesnake celebrates with a nice cold brewski. Well, stunner to Undertaker, stunner to Shane. And I fear. And yeah, there'll be tougher challenge down the road. A corporate ministry might have formed now, but Austin will be ready. And that is smack down there. And Austin celebrates with a beer. My God. Vinnie Mac's still out. (laughs) (coughs) (laughs) Pours a beer on the face of Vince to wake him up. And he has left him a beer as well, so fair play to Stone Cold. Well, that is it. But, I mean, Vince and Austin being together, Shane and Untake, it sets it up perfectly. Dan, what are your thoughts, not only on the SmackDown episode that we've seen, but the pay-per-view and the four episodes of... I think it has been hugely exciting stuff. It is certainly progressing in a story. You know, they've uh, they've kind of stuck with stories and it's kind of evolved into a bigger one as well. It's There's been so many different, like, changes and switches and you know face turns heel turns it has been good but it keeps it fresh and you know kind of wakes it up a bit without a doubt it's been great i mean we we enjoyed wsw this month but wf just a different level right now you can see why they get the you know the rating so strong it might not be the undercard stuff and you know the even though weirdly enough the pay-per-view the undercard the mid-card was better than most of the upper tier stuff but it's the main event storylines that are really delivering as well when it comes to Stone Cold, when it comes to The Rock, when it comes to The Undertaker and Triple H as well, and with the Shane and Vince thing. My only problem with it is that they kind of do back themselves in the corner with a higher power thing. But of course, we'll explain that more because uh, we'll be back very soon with WWE vs. WSW next month. Uh, anything else, Dan, this month? No, it's been uh, hugely entertaining. I look forward to next month. Yeah. All right, so we've just got one episode of Nitro to go. Before the very end. And it's episode 189 of WW Monday Nitro. Yeah. April 26th, Nitro got a 3.9, while Raw got a near 6.0. Well, I fucking kid you not, they are at the mental institution and the two doctors are bitching about Flair running wild, supposedly running the place. The acting is so fucking atrocious, almost like a bad horror movie or even a bad porno. Is there any such thing as a bad porno? No, I, uh, to be fair, I don't think there is. Well, holy shit, they turn to some drooling patients and tell them, no Nitro, and they are sad. Flair comes into his music and dances around and dances with the hot nurse. That was some terrible acting. <laughs> I think Ric Flair played off right. Uh, well, Flair is mental, but that was some fucked up shit. I'll tell you that. It is not worth going back and revisiting Flair at a mental hospital. Well, rightly so. Charles Robinson is now VP. JJ Dillon assures him that he won't 
that he is ahead of the commission and can do whatever he wants because Flair is out. Charles is giddy. Fuck me, another peg in the chain of command. What does the commission do then? I thought Piper was interim when JJ was out and now he's been back for months. Holy shit, am I even confusing myself? <laughs> Maybe Dave was right. Before my head explodes, I will just roll with the punches. Speaking of which, here comes Piper, the interim actual commish. Well, Piper's doing his now terrible routine. He tells us that Flair is down in the J- Jitterberg from 1950. Piper is now in charge. We are going to have a big night showing Savage is officially reinstated. The fans like that. Now to Steiner and the fans boo Savage will face Steiner for the US title and the fans cheer. Now to DDP and the fans boo again and here he comes. Well Piper talks about Cole for some reason and then calls DDP a stand-up guy and he should give Sting a shot. Piper calls him the people's champ and he needs to make it a big night. DDP sarcastically tells him thank you for the accolades and he tells the fans whatever when they boo. He calls himself the champ and more booze rain down. DDP says no thanks and goes to leave. Piper stops him and tells him that he is indeed fighting Sting and it is at the top of the hour. Top of the hour, dear. Paige is not happy. No, so Paige is pissed, but match one is Brian Adams versus Conan. And uh, yes, he goes for the sunrise, but here comes Vincent. Conan just stands there and allows himself to get decked. (laughs) And now the rest of the black and white come down and dismantle him. He's a fucking idiot, isn't he, Conan? I mean, not too bad. Time to get rid of the NWO. Fans booed them, so they still get heat, but it's not pos- it's not- it's negative heat. Yes, and Heenan is out today, and Tanay is in. And match two is Jobbers versus Raven. Saturn was taken out by the Horsemen earlier tonight. It is the Armstrongs. Raven gets in some blows, but is belted with a chair and loses. Why? I know it's two against one, but Raven needs to at least be strong. Raven did hit the even flow before the chair shot. Well, Flair's in the hospital and he's talking to Robbins. He's pissed and doesn't know what Piper making matches. Charles assures him that he's under control. Flair is screaming at the patients not to touch him and the doctors too. He is screaming at Robson to take control. To call the police or National Guard if necessary. Meaning there's no chaos at the hospital and Flair hits on some hot buff chick. That was funny. Well, Charles Robinson is with Gene. He's trying to do what Flair is asking, but here comes Piper and calls him a leprechaun. That was funny. He gets in his face. Robinson slaps him and tells him that was from Flair. Piper responds that it's going to cost him his life and grabs him. Dillinger comes down with JJ and police and Piper is cuffed and stuffed. Charles is yelling over and over that he is fired and that he is in charge. He is screaming over and over. I am Charles and I'm in charge. (laughs) Charles Robinson has officially lost his shit here on Nitro. Well, Charles in charge. He's not, he's not Ric Flair. It's Charles Robinson. And Charles Robinson, the man who's still going today. Well, up next, it's Sting versus DDP for the WCW Championship. And what a way to start the second hour of Nitro. And here we go. Colin Elbert's up to start. And Paige showed her attitude last week. And Sting has looked great since coming back as well, so this should be an interesting match. I think Paige made a huge statement with Goldberg, and if he can beat Sting here tonight, shows that he is a great world champion already. And well, he's he definitely didn't got... beat Goldberg, did he? He beat him down, and he laid Nash out. I mean, not many men with can say that. With brass knucks and a title belt yeah, well, shot. Any means necessary, as we've seen. And that's what the Paige will go to, to get the job done. And Sting lays him out of the ring. And Paige just going outside, just catching his breath back, going to come back in now. 
Leave a man getting a full dose of control. A clean break? No. Page with a back kick straight to the midsection of Sting. Well, maybe the page of a couple of weeks ago would have clean broke, but not now. Not since becoming champion. Like you said, it just does something to you, turns you. And now Sting has got the arm of Page, and Page trying to find his way out. He does so. It's a hammerlock back to Sting, and then grabs him by the hair, drags him to the mat. As Sting recovers, Page scarpers out the ring. The Sting's close behind. And just decks Page with a huge right hand. And now he's on the announce, hits Page on the announce table. Like I said, Sting is on the attack. But again, WWE Nitro trying something a little bit different, you know? As his first hour has sometimes not been great. And this time they're thinking, no, fuck it, let's start it with a title match. And let's see if we can get people involved, be interested in watching it. Well, this, you know, this is the end of the first hour. So people are going to be, you know, either going from WCW over to Raw, where Raw was putting like two points clear of the ratings. And, you know, they're trying to say, right, well, if we can lock them in now, and we give them a bit more of flair in the insane asylum, acting like a fruit loop, Charles losing his shit, thinking he's in charge, and, you know, what's going on with Piper? Mm. He's been arrested. It keeps people guessing and keeps them sticking to it, I suppose. I mean, like I say, Nitro's not been bad, has it? You know, it's been enjoyable, I would say, most times. You know, the main event matches now seem to be coming if it's just because of Hogan not being there, wherever it is. But I enjoyed the, what Paige and Goldberg did last week. And now we're seeing involved here. Isn't it funny, though, how <clears throat> how um, Raw have beaten WCW? You know, they've been creaming it in the ratings and that, and WCW are getting their lowest ratings, but Goldberg's not on screen. Yeah, was, uh, <laughs> not, sorry, uh, Hogan's not on screen. Hogan's not on screen. And do, do you know, that might be a point in him playing the politics as well, of saying, look, I'm going to take time off to have knee surgery, blah, blah, blah. And if the ratings do go bad, it goes, well, I've got to come back and be in the main event now because look how bad it's been. The problem is you need to build on it. And like I said, every week, Raw is going to keep on winning until there's a storyline that WSW can follow. And it starts paying off every week as well, you know. And that's what Austin McMahon feud has done over this. But, you know, you, you've, we've seen different, like, you know, because you've got McMahon who's in charge going against Austin who it keeps getting beaten down. But... You've got no clear man who's in charge of WCW. You know, you've got Piper who's a bit of a face. You've got Flair who's kind of turned heel, who's been sent into an insane asylum. Now Charles in charge, and you know you've got no clear person to. Well, I take you interesting because you say, yeah, Piper is is in a prison cell at the moment. Flair's at the mental institution. Rob's has probably gone to the hospital after what Piper did to him. And you've got JJ Dillon as well. So it's not like you said you take your pick when it comes to that. Why not just make Tony Schiavone the kind of the head of it, and then he can just call the shots as he's on commentary or something like that. Yeah. But you, you know, you've got no person to channel your hate towards. No. And with Paige, as soon as the fans start loving him, they turn him heel. Why do that? Well, this is the thing. But it, and the thing with WWE as well is that they'll turn him back again, you know, and just pretend it never happened. And this is the kind of problems that that hurt in the long in the long term. And Paige looks to have had enough now. And it's like Flair, mega over. So what do they do here on an arsehole? And Sting is going after Paige. You try to walk away. And this is a more focused, determined Sting that we've seen. And I kind of understood the Ric Flair and Charles Robinson kind of angle. But the last two matches that Charles Robinson was in charge of for Flair, Flair lost. You know, he was intimidated by Goldberg. And then he was intimidated by by Sting. Uh, Intimidated by Sting to get the pin. And then 
you know, kind of beat, Charles Robinson got beaten up by Nash. And, you know, so if you're going to have a referee in your pocket, you might as well use it sufficiently. Yeah. Well, I mean, this match at the moment has been quite enjoyable with Sting and Pat. I think Paige has brought something different to the, the title scene as well that like we've seen on Nitro recently. I think him and Sting hooking up. Like I said, if you're going to focus on Sting and Goldberg, then then do it. And if you have to use Paige, the kind of guy that happens, but you need to work towards the goal. And Sting just slamming Paige down. And I don't think there's any mat there. It's just pure concrete. Yeah, right in the aisle way. Um, why is the referee not taking charge of this match? Why is there no count out? Why? Well, he's letting things go. And he's saying, look, got to get back in the ring if you want to beat him. It was Paige, he walked away first. And Sting bringing it back to the ring. Finally, Paige getting back into the ring. Sting desperate to become champion again. And a big right hand in the corner. The referee's trying to get Sting to stop it. No, you stop it. But Paige with a low blow. Sends Sting face first into the top turnbuckle. Paige with a cover, but only getting a two count. Two. And Paige, like I said, has been on top of Sting. Just trying to suffocate him, take the air out. Got the submission in. Every time Sting looked to break it or get an advantage, just cuts him down. And he's not now, is he, surely? Don't call me Shirley. Drops the elbow to the tallywhacker of Sting. Oh, my God. The referee should be doing something about this. Yes, he's warning him. He doesn't want to disqualify him because that means Sting loses his title shot. No. no. Well, then shut up. Shut up, then. That was in the stomach. That was not in the stomach. The referee even said it was there. And look at Paige just taunting the crowd. And now Paige going to go work on the lower extremities of Sting against the ring post. Crutches him on it and again... Make sure oh, he's he just to... making sure he's in nice and tight so he can lock in the figure four around the ring post. Well, he make it, make sure Sting is running around. And this is a vicious page, and we've seen it. Completely different. Oh! But Sting managing to fight out. Pulls himself free of the corner. And now Page gets it. Sting can barely get to his feet. And Page's going to go for it. Oh, looking to hit a diamond cutter, but Sting holds on to the top rope. I don't think he got all of it. And Sting managed to block it, and that was really innovative. Hits a jawbreaker on Page. And again, go for right hands, but blocked by Sting. Inverted atomic drop. Second time. And Page hasn't dropped yet, but Sting now. Running Bulldog. And he's putting Page in position. Sting's going up. They don't say this often. Here he comes. Sting a splash. One, two... Oh, oh, no, Paige managing to kick. Oh. Well, right at the last moment, I don't know. Sting with a thumb to the eyes. Uh, sorry, Paige with a thumb to the eyes, throws Sting to the outside. <clears throat> Bounces his head off barricade. And now DDP just on the outside. He's probably taking Sting out there, so he knows he can't get pinned. Very clever from Paige. And now Paige bringing Sting back in. And he's going to... Oh, cut him on the top rope. Now he just puts his throat, choking him out. Well, Stinger's brought it, but he's got very little fight left in DDP. He's going to look to finish things now with a diamond cutter. You know, that throwing the diamond up in the air usually got a huge response from the crowd, but now it just gets met with booze. A jawbreaker from Sting. Irish whip to the corner. Sting, he's obviously not on fire because he normally follows Ash. But now I think he's just pissed off as he's... Doing the Matt Hardy head bounce off the turnbuckles. 
Well, I think Matt Hardy <laughs> took it from Sting. Yeah, just like fucking Miz took Daniel Bryan's kicks. <laughs> Miz did take it, yeah. Sting now is looking to put away DDP. And Paige is rocked. Irish Ripley reversed. Let's sting up. Sit out. Powerbomb for the cover. Two. No. Only a two count. Two. Again, I think it's a good that we can have such a long match involved here. It mean, it makes you want to not turn away from the action as well. You know, it's quite clever. And now DDP Irish ripping Sting in the corner. Yeah, so I could tune into the start of Raw, but I want to see who wins this match. Exactly. And Paige nearly gets rolled up there, but managing to hit a clothesline. So did you never tune into? And Paige going to go see play, but Sting rolling them up. No, only a two. Two. Ducks a clothesline attempt from Paige and hits a clothesline of his own. Sting with a cover. Two. No. Paige managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Now Sting getting the fans involved and immediately they respond to his call. He's going for the pole driver. Oh, God. Well, he might have just broke Paige's neck there. Goes for the cover. One. Two. two. Page managing to kick out. Oh. Somehow. The fans know he's close now. Get the job done. Gut wrench into a tombstone. But Page blocking it with his knees. Turns it round. Sting reversing it back into his own. Tombstone pole driver by Sting. What kind of weird reverse world are we One, in? Two. two. No. And Page kicking out. Oh. Of a second pole driver. I don't know what it's going to take to put. Oh, page away. Turns it into a DDT. One, two, no, just a two count. Two. And page can't believe it. Going to go for diamond cutter, but Sting's got a backslide attempt. Oh, manages a low blow. And now he's got him on the rope. Looking for a diamond cutter, but Sting holding onto the top rope. Boom, Scorpion, death drop. Goes for the cover. One, two, three. Oh. And Sting is your new champ. Oh. And Sting has surprised the world here. Becoming WWE champion. Dan, what are your thoughts? Well, a complete shock and surprise. You know, it's something that you don't expect to see happen on an episode of Nitro, especially if it's in the match in the first hour. But, you know, I think WCW trying to pull out all the stops to win this ratings war. And, you know, I, I think it's a good move. Why is moving that part? I think we've got a shadow of a doubt. It was a great match. Paige showing ring and Sting winning. And it's a nice moment, you know. So uh, it's a great way to kind of continue Nitro at this moment. And I'll tell you what, Nitro is becoming quite enjoyable at this moment in time. We've had about three really long matches, but three really enjoyable ones. Well, Flair and Charles are on the phone again, and there is more chaos. Flair is talking about Slambury. I think they're discussing Sting versus Goldberg. Ooh, so that would be a big match. But match four is Rey Mysterio versus Psychosis for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Of course, Psychosis won it in a fatal four-way. And now it's Mysterio's chance for a, a rematch for his title. And Psychosis and Mysterio starting off quickly, both leaping around. And now Psychosis with a drop kick, <laughs> slowing it down. Both leaping, leaping around. They were both leaping around. Technical. Oh, bouncy bounce. They were bouncy, but they were definitely flying around the ring. And now Psychosis has got the boot of Mysterio. Ray Mysterio looks like he's got his uh, left hand bandaged up there. I think he might have taken some punishment 
in the fatal four-way last week. And Psychosis just went head first against the turnbuckle. Mysterio goes up top. Hurricane Rana. And that was beautiful, taking Psychosis out. Looking for to lead it off soul by the looks of things. Charles charging Psychosis, but he catches out of the top rope. Rey Mysterio looking for a tilt well Hurricane Rana, but gets hung up on the top rope. Well, let's not forget Mysterio is still tag team champion as well. He looks to add gold to his list. Him and Kidman have been a bit quiet recently. The same with Booker T as TV champion. We've been more focusing on uh, the world title, of course, the Cruiserweight Championship, as we see now. And Flair's insane. Yeah. <laughs> and Flair being insane as well. And that's what Nitro's kind of been focused on in a weird way. So we just roll with the punches as Psychosis looks for the powerbomb, but Mysterio blocks it. Looking for a tornado DDT. Mysterio lands on his feet. He gets caught by Psychosis, who delivers an inverted suplex and hangs Rey Mysterio up on the top to, uh, top rope. Now Psychosis going up. Psychosis. Psychosis going up with Mysterio blocking him. Mysterio pushes Psychosis off the top rope, hanging him up over, uh, uh, off the top turnbuckle, hanging him up over the top rope. Now he's perched up there. Hurricane Rana's Psychosis off the edge of the ring apron down to the wafer fin. <laughs> oh my below. God. When we consider Mysterio still did it 20 years later, it's amazing. He can still walk. Oh, what's going on here? Benoit and Malenko walking down to the ring. Well, they want a shot at their tag team titles at some point. But Psychosis going low on Mysterio. And now Psychosis, look at the suplex Mysterio. Off the top, all the way down. Now Psychosis picking him up, but oh my God. X-Factor by Mysterio. Oh, and Ray takes both Malenko and Benoit out with a bulldog. Well, they had to go with his tag team title, but here comes Psychosis. And now Psychosis throw Mysterio in. Look to end things. Sets him up. Set out powerbomb. One, two. Oh, Oh. no. Mysterio managing to kick out. Ah. Well, the Cruiserweight title on the line here. And again, Sting will put his snooty one. WSW take on the main event. But Psychosis looking to finish things here on Mysterio. Going to put away maybe the powerbomb. Looking for a second powerbomb, but Mysterio turning it into a DDT. One, two, three. Oh! And just like that, Rey Mysterio gets his Cruiserweight Championship back. (laughs) That was a bit of a surprise. But, uh uh-oh, Malenko and Benoit cutting short the celebration. Throwing psychosis to the outside, turning our attention to Mysterio. Well, he might be cruiserweight champion, but I don't think he's feeling it right now. Do you think Benoit's going in hard on Ray because he looks like a child? It might be, but where? Oh my God! Fucking hell! Well, he sprung him in the air at least twelve foot up. At least twenty-eight foot. And he dropped down, but where's Kidman here? His tag team partner not finished, and a double drop kick to Mysterio. And the four horsemen look ready for a WSW tag team title match. My God, and Nitro's been vicious so far. How will it continue? Well, Nash is in the ring, and way to book yourself into the title, douche. He assures everyone that he's not forgotten that he has a shot for the title. Goldberg is in the back, and Sting and DDP have already wrestled, and he is here too. Nash challenges the other three and hopes Sting is in. He's for an answer. Well, Flair's on the phone again, and he's happy about the upcoming match. The patients are playing Twister without the board. 
Flair gets off the phone and tells him to beat it and he wants to wrestle with the buff nurse. Another hot one shows up. I want to be committed if that's the case. Well, we move on to uh, match five and it's Bam Bam Bigelow. Yes, the same Bam Bam Bigelow that lost to Buff Bagwell. And he's going against Eric Watts. Remember him? Yeah, Eric Watts. Yeah, <laughs> his place in infamy by being Bill Watts' son and never really had the skills to make it. It was a completely massively squash match. Bigelow destroyed him. Yes, Gene calls out Sting and Gene asks him about the challenge. Sting is back in black because he does not want any more whining in the back. He says yes. So this should be Nash's shot then, right? I've no idea. Well, it's Meng versus Booker T next for the WWE TV title. And fucking Shivoni, this is the greatest Nitro we have had. He's slobbering all over the two title matches in one night. Calm down, you fucking tit. Well, this has been a pretty solid back and forth affair. He slams Meng a few times and hits the axe kicking Harlem kick, but the referee is out. Here comes Stevie Ray. Ming is up and Booker misses a Harlem kick and it's death grip time. Ray comes in and slapjacks Meng. Ref manages to make the count and Booker wins. Well, it wasn't bad. It was quite a decent brawl. And here comes Rick Steiner and he pummels Stevie Ray. Booker <laughs> and then gets him off his brother. Hey. And Rick tries to explain. Booker is unsure as the ref tries to settle him down and they just glare at each other until Booker finally leaves. Well, a doctor is showing us an x-ray of Hogan's knee. It's basically destroyed, according to the doc. Bischoff and Hogan arrive. Hogan does not want to get it done, but Bischoff tells him to do it and not let them win. Hogan wants to beat up Paige. Bischoff finds that Nash will take care of him, and Hogan means so much to wrestling and begs him to take his advice. Well, Hogan reluctantly agrees. Hogan is walking fine. Then, again, you can walk with a torn ACL. Meltzer bitched about that. Now to Hogan. In the operating room, and he reminds... Page again what he's going to do to him. They show snippets of the surgery. Now, a doctor talks about how Hogan is in great shape and will want to work out too hard, and that will have a disastrous effect. Well, more Flair and Charles. Flair wants the match no DQ. Charles agrees as a patient makes noises right next to him, and now Flair dances with him after he hangs up the phone. Hall shows up and tosses his toothpick at him. So that's where Scott Hall's been then at the mental institution. Well, James, this is the fatal four way match we've been waiting for. No, not that one. It is Hack versus Horace versus Brian Nobbs versus Mikey Whipwreck. Well, all four have kendo sticks. Hack retreats to the floor and decides to get back in and gets plastered by the other three men. Now Nobbs has a ladder and goes apeshit with it. Bodies are strewn all over the place. Now Hack flies through the table and Nobbs leaps on him. Garbage can first. Nobbs lays the ladder over Mikey and gets the pin after leaping on him for the win. It was nothing but Kenny Chaos. Nobbs really bothers me, though. Well, James, I didn't think you've ever had a problem with Nobbs. Well, do you know what? I have a problem with, yes, with you. Is it Big Nobbs? A big Nobbs, small Nobbs, smelly Nobbs, any type of Nobbs. Big, black, floppy Nobbs. <laughs> right, Clown Nobbs! I think we're getting off subject now. Right. And it is match seven. It's Scott Steiner, who's a champion, versus Randy Savage for the US title. Well, Steiner is doing his thing first. He does not listen to anyone in WSW, but it's going to take Savage's freak and show what a real man looks like. Charles Robson comes down and kicks out the ref. Steiner, oh. <laughs> Steiner flexes at Savage. Savage calls for the crowd support and gets it. They lock up and Savage turns him around and pushes him into the corner. Steiner shoves Savage and he bumps the ref and Charles calls for the bell. And he, along with Steiner, skedaddle. Well, it's, you know, not really a result, but angle advancement, and it keeps both Savage and Steiner just off the fans, though. And Medusa decks Robinson, and they strip him down to his boxes inside the ring. 
Well, gorgeous George is in a terrible sable-like training video. <laughs> and she will face, of course, Charles Robson at Slambury. But now it's the main event, the second WWE title match of the night. It's Kevin Nash versus... DDP. Versus Goldberg. Versus... Sting. For... The... WCW. Title. So Goldberg got screwed out of his uh, title opportunity against DDP a couple of weeks ago. But now, can he get revenge here tonight? I don't think you can walk straight down from it, though. You have to go down the side of it. But Sting Sting is here. And Sting looking at the title belt before he gives it to the referee. So here we go. We're back. The match has already started. And it's Goldberg in control. Sting and Kevin Nash. But we saw a friendly side for Nash and Goldberg the other week as well. You know, all these three guys are just uh, battling out between them. I think DDP's taking the wise move and... uh... Kind of getting out of the picture. I mean, three faces and one heel. And it's the three faces that are going against each other. And it just shows what it means to these three guys. At least the three biggest guys in WCW at the moment. As Goldberg screams at Paige. But he needs to keep his energy. He got taken out of him. And the same with Sting as well. Being involved in a 20-minute match earlier. <coughs> and Goldberg fighting out with kicks and punches to Nash and Sting. And that's what would be a great match. Goldberg versus Sting for the title. As Nash blocks him off. Goldberg turns it into a variation of a suplex as DDP makes his way back ringside. Well, Sting stopping the cover from Goldberg. And the former champ... Now Goldberg working on Sting, but Irish rip reversed. Goldberg picks up Sting and just slams him down. Goes for the cover. One, two... Why was the referee sliding along as he was making the count? <laughs> well, the champ managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And now Goldberg might be going for a double spear, but oh. Page with a clubbing blow to the back of the head of Goldberg. Swinging net breaker into the cover. But Nash dives on him to break it up. Well, now Page is officially involved in this match. And Sting hammers him down like he did earlier. <coughs> Nash not in the low that though. As he stops him, and Goldberg takes out Page, and Sting and Nash are fighting each other. Well, I think everyone wants to get their hands on Page after uh, his dastardly acts of late. And now it's Sting. Sting. He's going splashing everyone in the corner. One for Page, one for Nash, and one for Goldberg. And Sting has been on a different level to everybody, basically, since coming back. But Nash blocking the uh, death drop attempt. And Big Sexy turns his attentions back to Goldberg. Hits him with a big boot. One for Page as well. And one for Sting. And now Nash is standing tall. And now it's Big Sexy. He's going to look for the jackknife. Ah, Goldberg interrupts that. Oh, Goldberg would know that would be all it wrote. Goldberg goes for the cover on Page. No, he's just going to choke him out. Goldberg trying to get the crowd behind him. And Nash now... Going after Goldberg, Page is sent out the ring. Going to try and do the same with Sting. His work on Goldberg. Now Sting raining down right hands on Kevin Nash. But it's DDP from behind. Page throws Sting across the ring, turns his attentions to Nash. I think Goldberg's got a bone to pick with Page after uh, Page with his vicious assault with the brass knucks. I think Page thought he was safe, but he's just got into the hands of... Bill Goldberg slams him down. Goldberg means business. Stings up to his feet, though. 
no, Irish Ripper Tampa Sting blocks it. Nash went for the cover. Page managing to kick out. Ah. And a stinger splash by Sting taking out Goldberg. And Nash capitalised on that. Goes for the cover. Sting sees it. Pulls him off. Right, could go anywhere at the moment. All four men struggling to get to their feet. It's been an all-out war. All four men have been champion as well. Page wants to hold on to it. No, Sting wants to hold on to it. He gets caught with a sidewalk slam. Two, no, only a two count. Two, Page with a clothesline, missed. Goldberg with a kick, Nash capitalises <laughs> on that. And Goldberg breaks it up. And for a big man, he's quite quick in trying to get into the covers and now Sting with Page. But Page managed to get shot off at two. Two, and now Nash against Page. On Goldberg. And both men get in two. And Nash backing Sting up into a corner. So who had the shorter title run? And now Sting's heading Nash into the corner turnbuckle. And he's looking to finish things with a Scorpion Deathlock. Trying to turn Nash. Gets him turned. And Goldberg with a spear on Page. Well, what happens after the spear, Dan? Well, he spots Sting trying to make Nash submit, so he spears him. And now Goldberg might be looking to become champion for the second time. He speared Sting. And he jacks him up. Hammers him down. Goes One. for the cover. No, Macho Man's in. And why the hell did Macho Man get involved? I I, I, I don't know. <laughs> why the hell is Macho Man stopped Goldberg? He doesn't want him to be champion, I presume. <laughs> but, but, but why? Macho had a problem with Flair, and now he's throwing Paige something. Brass knucks. Oh, my God. Clocks. Nash with it. Hits the cutter on him. One, two, three. And Paige wins his championship back. He's a two-time champ in one night. <laughs> well, here he comes. Here he goes. Paige steals the title. The crowd aren't happy, but thanks to Macho Man, it was Goldberg's to win. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Um, It was quite a controversial ending, but it kind of makes the first match of the night that got everyone drawn in and having Sting win it kind of moot, really. You know, it makes it a pointless, unworthwhile affair. That is not good. The crowd aren't happy about that as Paige getting out here. But very interesting night on Nitro we've seen, you know, with the, the Cruiserweight title changing hands and the World title changing hands twice. <laughs> but if you look at WCW as a whole, I mean, Hogan is out. There's no Luger as of late. The Giant is gone. And this is the time to build new stars. The problem with WWE is that they are so behind in the ratings that you can feel that it's necessary to have the best on TV as much as possible. Best in quotes it should be, as they do not want the ratings to slide further to try and build someone up. Well, it's essentially become a vicious cycle, fine turning heel. Wise idea, he was losing a bit of steam. There's also a death of heels as of late. Right, so that's it for WWE for April. Uh, more coming soon of course we'll bring you Slambury next month but Dan what are your thoughts on Nitro this month I think it has been the most entertaining it has been for a little while you know we've seen some very good long matches uh, and yeah you know I'd, I'd like to see more of that and I don't know how it's kind of losing in the ratings there have been a few kind of pointless moments and they've been saving their best stuff for the Nitros as opposed to having them on pay-per-view which you know I suppose that kind of helps keep tracking uh in the ratings, but it's actually not. Well, this is the thing. It's weird, isn't it? Is that people are just turning into WWF. I know it's good, 
But the thing is, is that Nitro's not too bad. And like I said, they've sorted out the errors of the way from 1998. And you feel if they'd done it even a year earlier, what they're doing at the moment, it would have kept a lot more fans on board, opposed to turn away thinking it's going to be the same thing every week. You know, hopefully Paige is there now, as we speak, to get it come up and hopefully with Goldberg, it looks that way, and get the job done now with Macho Man involved. It, that brings an interesting size story up. But hopefully we look towards pay for you. The only match we really know at the moment is Gorgeous George versus Charles Robinson. Yeah, but it looks like there's going to be a Rey Mysterio and Billy Kidman versus uh, Benoit and Malenko. Um, you know, is there going to be a Harlem Heat reunite, re, reunited with uh, them going against Rick Steiner and, and other? Um, you know, there's there's a few... You know, you can see kind of what they're trying to build towards. Yeah, and it's interesting at this time. He doesn't want me to turn out, he turn off, you know. Don't get me wrong, I will sort of switch over to Raw every now and again. But I think at the moment they're delivering on, on what matters. And, you know, as long as they're still thinking, oh, what are they going to do next week? I think that's all that matters anyway. Uh, so that is it for Nitro this month. So that is it. The next show is the WWE Net Review for April, which of course will be next week. But like I say, we will be back soon for WWE vs. WCW. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter at WWE Network Review or at Vince McDan WWE. I'm Rollins. We're on Instagram, the WNR Podcast. We're on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. Come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review Podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review Podcast, where we've got all the clips on there and... Across all the Google platforms as well, WWE Network Reviews, send us an email at WNRpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can listen to us <laughs> to your platforms like SoundCloud. On your phone. Or on Speaker Radio, Stitcher Radio, and iTunes. We can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. And not forgetting, James, the launch of the website as well. It's the WNR Podcast. Yes, nice and simple, and it'll be ready by SummerSlam. But that is it. I have been James Rollins, and as always, I was joined by Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye. <laughs>